Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, I'm George Takei, and I don't always drink urine, but when I do, I prefer dose Lindstedt's. <laughs> You're listening to Pastor Lindstedt's The Movement Turd. Cotton on the roadside, cotton in the ditch, big dead cotton, you black sound bitch. Daddy was a Klansman, a Southern Democrat, long white sheets and funny looking hats, singing song, song of the South, whooping niggers ass and burn his house. Gone, gone with the wind, ain't no nigger talking back again. Pastor Linstead, Aryan man, with an Armageddon plan, derailed Saul's railroad train. Wants to kill all the Jews, and a lot of Wiggers too. He has a psycho Aryan non-Wigger brain. Martin had a wife he loved all his life. Four grandkids, they are so brave. Destroying Zog caught his eye and chasing all Zog's lie and putting Zog Babylon in his grave. It was on any weekday night when Jews lie that they's right. He pissed on damn kite claims. And the weird zap with a shout, them stupid fucking louts that Pope Marty done hits at what he aims. Martin had a wife he loved all his life. Four grandkids, they are so brave. Destroying Zog caught his eye and finished off Zog lies and putting Zog Babylon in his grave. It was on any weekday night when the pastor is at home talking to Christ's family tree. When along's come dirty Jew and a zogling wigger or two making they's ass whooping necessary. Martin had a wife he loved all his life. Four grandkids, they are so brave. Destroying Zog caught his eye and facing off Zog lies and putting Zog Babylon in his grave.
Well, the ass clouds hold his breath when they hear a pastor's depth. They wonder why he don't fucking lie. It was dirty pisser possums and all of Satan's mamsers that want to take him down on the sly. Martin had a wife, he loved all his life. Four grandkids, they are so brave. Destroying Zog caught his eye and finished off Zog lies and putting Zog Bablock in his grave. Zogland, Wager, and Mams, and Ass Clowns across the road, and that Zog playing here in the open air, Coast to Coast Nuthouse. We call Zog Babylon the third and final, but this show is always the same to lost the pound sheep of the house of Israel. Ye chosen seed of Israel's race, ye who did hear Christ's call. Greetings. Let's see. Is Mona in? I don't see Mona anywhere. Oh, well. What to say? <laughs> okay, well. You know, the tards in full force or full farce tonight here, however you want to put here. Let's see, tonight is the 25th of June, 2015, and it is what, 10.25 or so p.m., Grand Beyond Central on Standard, what the fuck time. Uh, this is, uh, what, episode number 283.5 of the Movement Turd. And I'm calling it tonight the Empire removes southern fried you know, removes southern fried nuts. Uh, <laughs> the reason I'm laughing is that in white nationalism, in so-called white nationalism, you had a whole bunch of pissing and moaning and you know essentially pissing down their legs and running for the tall grass is what you had. Uh Pretty much like someone said, the only ones who didn't piss down their legs and run for tall grass and deny old Dylan Storm Roof was the two Lins here. Old Rabbi Linder, the uh, gut-sick weedo weasel with Jew Askates, and myself. Oh heck, you had to wear the Council of Kosher Conservative Citizens went and they found this character named Jewed Taylor of American Renaissance, who may or may not be married to a Jewess, who's definitely Jew-friendly, and old cut hair walrus has certainly turned Jew-friendly. And what he did was deny everything. Heck, uh, the cock didn't crow three times here before old uh, Dylan Storm Roof was uh, denied and denied and denied. And old Hunter Walrus, or as I call him, Cut Hair Walrus, or Brad Griffith, or Fade the Bitcher, or whatever you want to call him, he was saying that, well, I got sort of semi-banned from his blog, Accidental Dipshit, uh, for saying is that for all practical purposes, to me at least, nigger lives are worth no more than, say, so many cockroaches. But anyway... You know, in reaction to this young man and his little manifesto saying that niggers commit crimes and he wanted to start a race war. And folks, he didn't start a race war. It's been going on for the past 50 years or more. 
hell it's been going on for the past what 5400 you know what 7400 years or more so anyway you know so what they're doing now is that they are making they're making Wally World and Amazon and eGay and all these other places take down their confederate signs and these chicken shit governors here one in South Carolina and the other in Alabama went and took down their monuments now way back in 2000 I said shoot if you allow the nigger to tell you what to do they're going to equate the stars and bars with the swastika and sure enough that's exactly what they have done now folks uh, you know niggers have two reactions to the white man the main one is fear but the other is hate and you do away with their hate you're gonna have to deal with their fear well they don't have any fear because hey uh, you do with their fear you got to deal with their hate because you know such if they're not scared of you they're going to deal with you harshly so in any case, the uh, you know I'm I'm going to go ahead and you know, I mean this was you know when Hunter Wallace said we get all these people coming in here because of what they did they went ahead and took away our you know heritage symbols. Well, folks, you have a bunch of people who may be looking at these quote white nationalist sites, BNN, Sperm Fart, uh, American Renaissance. Council of Kosher Citizens, and everybody ran away, and their web page was down for for a little while. They ran away, folks. What you're looking at is you're looking at a bunch of pussies. You're looking at people who don't really mean what they say. You see, if you believed in what your ancestors fought for, why well, they fought to keep niggers a slave. Now, toward the end. They were getting a little bit desperate and talking about states' rights as opposed to slavery. And it wasn't just about slavery. It was, you know, their peculiar institution. What are you going to do with the damn, these damn niggers once you can't own them? Can't beat their ass and make them work. Niggers are not naturally indolent. They don't believe in working. Hell, they don't work in Africa. They don't work in South Carolina, or North Carolina, or Georgia, or Alabama, or Mississippi. They don't work in Chicagoland. They don't work anywhere. They're just lazy niggers, and they believe that the white man owes them a living. They're sort of like children. They believe the white man owes them, and you know you don't feed them while they're going to chimp out. They don't seem to realize is that if you're going to have a race war with the only people who are stupid enough to feed you, they ain't going to end up well, now is it? But in case, uh, you know the southern the southern fried shitheads, rather than rather than just simply tell them, hey, look, you know, damn Yankee, fuck off here. I'll tell you what, you want some niggers here? You know, I'll give you I'll give you our niggers here. You know, uh, you want them from South Carolina? Hell, we'll send them up your way. We'll send them to where you want. And uh, look, liberal wiggers, why don't you just put them up in your gated communities? Why don't you go ahead and put them in your little Sidwell Friends private school here in Washington, D.C.? You want niggers? You can have ours. You can have a hunk of hunk of burning nigger if you want. Here. Well, here's some niggers. Free. 
You know, uh, I mean, heck, you damn Yankees, uh, with your sort of thing, turn niggers from being worth about a thousand bucks and eighteen sixty one dollars to being worth five dollars in two thousand fifteen. <laughs> you know, in two thousand fifteen figures. I mean, <laughs> in some cases, you made diggers totally worthless, which is pretty well. If you can't make them work, why is what they're worth? Anyways, the second thing I'm going to talk is that today the Supreme Court ruled two different things that they got to rewrite the law on Obongo Care. You see, Obongo Care had been written to on this force mandate. Essentially, John Roberts went ahead and says, Hey, it is not a penalty, it's a tax. Well, okay, if it's a direct tax, then guess what? There has to be a special amendment to make it a you know, direct tax. So essentially, a couple of years ago, he, he rewrote the law. Well, guess what? 34 states, including my state of Missouri, says, hey, we don't want to pay for Obongo Care. We're not going to opt in. We're not going to expand Medicare. We're not going to pay for this. So the question of it is, who's going to pay for it? Well, guess what? The federal government's going to pay for it. Well, no, it's not. Federal government can't pay for anything here. Well, you have to have white people to pay for it. But the states, the 34, you know, 34 states, say this didn't want to pay for it. So guess what? Here comes John Roberts, and he rewrites a new rule. He re goes ahead and rewrites the rules. And this piece of shit named Antonin Scalia, who I think is a piece of wop shit, did make a good deal from because hey, he's a piece of shit lawyer who essentially never met. Uh, a Zog pig he didn't like but hey here he is he is making fun of he says you oughtn't call it uh, Obongo care because hey none of what, what Obongo practiced or passed through none of this shit is passed here you ought to call it SCOTUS care Supreme Court of the Jewess Oive care because they're the ones who keep on rewriting the laws trying to make it fit well folks it's not going to fit. You have fewer and fewer and fewer white people, more and more niggers and beaners. Zog Babylon is going to work as good as, say, Mexico. As good as Nigeria. Sooner or later, sooner or later, things will indeed fall apart. It's not going to last forever. Anybody who thinks differently is kidding themselves. So anyway, let me go ahead and unmute a few tarts. So, folks, I don't worry about any of it. I, I believe it's going to end up in a race war. I believe it's going to end up in the Great Tribulation. I'm pleased about that shit. I really am. Okay? Let's see. <laughs> One thing I was looking at is Andre the Nigger was talking. He was looking to get interviewed, so he got interviewed by some guy in Los Angeles. And he introduced it to his female editor who didn't write a single thing that Andre the Nigger angling talked to him. And then later on, later on, <laughs> you know, the guy reporter from uh, Los Angeles did write. But from what I gather... 
there are rumors. There are rumors that Andre the Nigger angling ain't white. <laughs> I like to thank you, Nick, for partially that here, although partially myself here. There are rumors <laughs> that Andre the Nigger ain't white. <laughs> no shit. No shit. <laughs> okay, well, I, I'm not going to work too hard. Uh, oh, by the way, by the way, I uh, I went ahead and talked to the uh, to the local district court, and Sword Nigger, Sword Nigger, aka Brian Real, has filed it today. In the Jefferson City Court, he has filed another motion for Rule 37, Federal Rules of Procedure, Civil Procedure, uh, sanctions against me for not providing him with discovery. Well, he he didn't work on this for about a month. The reason is, is last time I filed something on the 29th, I went and beat him over the head about his manifest lies, including to the judge. And essentially, I'll go ahead and re-answer that. But uh, I found out found out I'm going to have to amend my complaint in order to get, in order to sue the, well, essentially sue the government for essentially allowing Brian Real to violate the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. So I'm pretty good idea what Brian Real is going to write. It's not too smart. Uh, I don't think he's going to say anything. And essentially, what he does say is he says lies. Uh, folks, I have never had a problem with giving Andre the nigger angling, uh, you know, what I know. In fact, in fact, if you go to the thread, Brian Rio's latest DMCA complaint against whitenationalist.org, you can see about half the time when he went and complained, you know, made a complaint to Crisis Host, uh, to other places. Why, about half of it's already up there. It's been up there for years, although I didn't really put it up to where he could see it uh, and, and everybody else could see it. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to file is that he's pretending that I have to serve him and his daddy. Well, no, I don't have to serve him. And uh, as far as his daddy is concerned, his daddy had better send back an answer within 60 days of May 1st well, I'm just simply going to ask for a judgment by default judgment of what? Let me see, ten point seven five million dollars. Yeah, you know, hey, you know, let him pay. You know, let him go ahead and pay ten point seven five million. I mean, Brian Reels claiming ten point seven five million, even though even though I haven't violated DMCA. Uh, you know, he has called me a convicted child molester. You know, all I did is call him a mongrel faggot. And let me see, as far as the emotional damage, which he's claiming about $10 million worth, well, you can't claim emotional damages uh, with the DMCA. So, guess what? Uh, Brian Rio doesn't have a case. Doesn't have a case at all. So, anyway, uh, when did the... <laughs> I have no idea here. Uh... <laughs> I have no idea what John the Nutjob is saying. Uh, folks, if you're going to claim John the Nutjob is saying something, you ought to give a link. Uh, 
I remember April 9, 2009, I called up John the Nutjob demanding that he essentially, you know, denounce Trader Glenn Miller and Alex Linder. He refused to do that. And a week later, Don Black allowed the sperm Farsians to call him a, uh, a nutjob and a homo. And then what happens? The VNN tards went ahead and called John the nutjob a homo. So he got, he ran off into the night here. But he was, he was a total, he was a total, uh, oh, he wanted to be like a little politician here. He was dishonest and sort of slick and doofus like a politician. And since then, I mean, he's a nut. He is, I would say he's his own little psychopath. So I have no idea what he said about Andre the Nigger. Andre the Nigger loves that gook pussy. Hell, he likes uh, grandma, you know, cone titty nigger pussy. You know what I mean? <laughs> he likes that grandma cone, you know, you know, back to when his uh, maternal grandmother here was, was a young heifress. With them little cone titties and these little tusks and whatever. You know, he, he likes that good pussy. He likes that little cone titted, young cone titted, cone titted Ethiopian negress, you know, pussy. I mean, hell. I mean, as long as they're white and uppity <laughs> and over 16, <laughs> Andre the nigger wants to, well, hopes to hit it. Although, I don't know if he's ever hit any. That's, that's probably why he's turned all faggy. Uh, I mean, when, when you ain't getting, when you ain't getting any, <laughs> when you ain't getting any, I mean, you know, not even, not even the dragon lady, tw the 12 year old dragon lady, uh, Filipinos, you know, Filipinos pussy here, uh, you know, the grandma, no longer cone titted nigger pussy. I mean, hell. There's nothing left but to, <laughs> I guess, go, 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 go sort of faggy here. You know what I mean? So, hey, uh, when you have a bunch of spurt lords and the rest here, why, what to do? What to do? Okay. A cheap packy here. Uh, let's see here. Well, are you, well, uh, no, but, uh, Jesus was married to the house of Israel. How's that? How's that? Okay? You know, plus he was the son of God. Uh, I mean, heck. When, <laughs> when you are, when you are the son of Yahweh incarnate, maybe, maybe, maybe you just don't worry about such things anymore. You know what I mean? You know, you get to where, you get to where, well, like Rich Limbaugh says, it's sort of like when you get over 40, you only think about a half as much, and then when you get past 50, maybe over a quarter as much here. How's that? <laughs> okay. Alrighty here. Where am I at? Let's see. <laughs> No, Bruce doesn't bother me at all. Uh, no, in fact, uh, welcome Sloptima. I mean, she probably would like old Bruce for, you know, to bother her a little bit. And I would, I would, no, I wouldn't discourage it. 
I didn't discourage though Bruce for running around with old Mary you know blushing Mary America I didn't think it would last very long uh you know I mean shoot poor old slop Mari you know has two nitty, nutty kids here why heck uh, you know, you know, taking on a third one here, well, that's no great deal. By the way, by the way, uh, my friend who killed his daddy with a claw hammer. What happens is after 13 years, he's finally going to go to trial. Finally, old Jimbo's finally, you know, he's fixing to go to trial. And I urged him to say, hey, look, look. You know, every, you know, sort of like probably old Bruceford does here. Uh, you know, I mean, my friend Jimbo, he gets a shot in the ass of Risperidol. And they're saying that this shot costs $700 a shot. And so I told, I told old, uh, I told, uh, Jimbo to tell his case manager is a shoot. Probably the jail doesn't want to pay $1,400. You know, to shoot you in the ass twice a month with Risperidol. You know, with a big old lozenge of Risperidol or something like that here. I said, Bob, in the area, 700 freaking dollars? I mean, you got to know, is that, hey, Eli Lilly or whoever makes that shit, uh, AZ's AstraZeneca or whatever, they're, you know, they're, they're getting lots of kickbacks here. I remember at Nuthouse, you had Eli Lilly, you had all these drug companies, and all the, all the Nuthouse workers would have pens and little pads of paper and combs and shit like that here with Eli Lilly, you know, all the drug companies. And you knew dang well they were, you know, offering kickbacks or something like that. But anyway, I said, shoot, why don't you just tell them, is you've been at the Nuthouse, you've been locked up, you're institutionalized, uh, you've been there for 13 years, and we will get together to where, uh, essentially, it's, it's really a simple thing here. I mean, what happens is that in, sometime in 2002, in January, his nutty daddy, and he told me more about his daddy. He said his daddy was, <laughs> his daddy was court-martialed he was a uh, he was a uh, he was a private who you know, in 1947 Germany impersonated a captain and stole shit and sold it on the black market and got caught and he got sentenced to two years in Leavenworth <laughs> and got busted down to PV1 no no rack no something here and after about a year and a half why they made a break rocks in the hard sun but they said that they they did a psychological test on Jimbo's daddy and found out he was a paranoid schizophrenic and says well shoot Jimbo your daddy's nuts your mama's nuts you're nuts you know your sister's more than likely nuts too I mean, hell, a nutty family. So here is Daddy, and he reads this book, and he, he's a good Catholic. He thinks he'll go to hell if he commits suicide, so he reads this book on how to commit suicide. And he's pawing through the pages. He's pawing through the pages, looking through the pages on how to get somebody you don't like to kill you. I said, I didn't know you didn't get along too well today. He said, oh, no, hell, he'd get all mad at my mom more than he'd get mad at me. So I said, well, what happened? Well, he uh, he went ahead and pulled his uh, pistol, pulled his pistol 
on me and says two men can keep a secret as long as one of them are dead. And he waited for my friend Jimbo to run into the garage, pick out a claw hammer, and whack him 13 times in the head here. You know, I said, why 13 times? He said, oh, that was my dad's favorite number, synchronicity. And I said, okay. <laughs> so you're being tried for second-degree murder and armed criminal action here. What the, what the hell? Did you, did you uh, pick up the gun and then, you know, your dad's pistol after you whacked him in the head and wave it around or something? He said, nah, nah, I, I went ahead and sold it for some gas money. I stole his pickup, too. There's pickup in the pistol. So, so the armed criminal action is with involving the claw hammer, right? He said, yeah, probably. So anyway, I'm, you know, I'm hoping is that they'll, they'll come up with a plea bargain. Essentially, three things can happen. He can be found not guilty, you know, not by reason of insanity, but rather not guilty by, you know, simply because he has to defend himself. You know, I said, well, didn't you sort of wonder how can you just sat there like a tard holding the gun on you? He said, well, yeah, I was sort of wondering about that, but I didn't have time to think about it here. I mean, he was holding the gun on me. I said, well, if you'd known it, he was, you know, trying to get you killed, maybe it would just been easier for you just simply said, well, screw it, Daddy. I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to go ahead and beat, I'm just either going to whip your ass or I'm just simply going to, uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and run off. He said, well, yeah, but I didn't know about, I didn't know that part about him wanting to commit suicide and have me do it here until, what, five, six years after when my money, you know, nutty mother went ahead and found that book, you know, and uh, all that. So, was it still got the book? He said, no, no, the goofy bitch, the goofy bitch uh, gave it to the assistant prostitute. I said, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so, anyway, Let's talk about that here. He said that yeah, you know, when he went to, when he was young here, he was good at playing whack-a-mole. I said, shit, you know, uh, under no circumstances talk about playing whack-a-mole. I mean, <laughs> if you talk about whack-a-mole, the jury will get a conclusion that you like to whack more than moles here. You know, what happens is that you want, you know, essentially, you know, no malice. No mouse, it really wasn't even second degree here. You know, see if you can't get a plea bargain for essentially involuntary or voluntary manslaughter, and that's seven years. Although, second degree murder is what? Only what? Oh, seven to 15, usually around 12 or so, and you already spent 13 years locked up in the nut house. So, hey. Hey, I mean, shoot, you should have an update, but what happens is that, shoot, mate, you know, just talk about how, you know, hey, you know, you're, you're going to be hitting for the fences for not guilty because you were defending yourself and see if you can't get the seven, you know, get the seven years. You know, I mean, you'll, you'll plead to seven years, but you know, you're not going to plead to second degree, even though it would mean an outdate here. And you need to talk to your stupid, case manager and say, hey, look, uh, you've institutionalized the fuck out of me. It's about time to get me to one of the cabins. And then, and then, uh, well, essentially getting to where, essentially a, a group home, a group home, you know, sort of, you know, cut down on the, 
cut down that. So hey, uh, we are, you know, I mean, I'm I'm helping my friend out, and I'm going to order him some pads, you know, legal pads from Amazon. He wants them here, and you know, I bought him some stamps, bought him a book of stamps. Uh, set out. Oh, I sent out the. Uh, I went ahead and used one of them. Uh, sent out the. Uh, you know, sent out this letter here to the court to add Clifton M. Heiser, John Britton, uh, who else here? Eli or James? Who else? Uh, there's four or five here whose addresses are new. Okay. So. Uh, Heck, uh, crime and passion? No, no, no. I mean, his daddy was a nut. I said, I said, look, Jimbo, your best bet is just tell the truth here. You know, your daddy was nuts. Your mama is nuts. You're nuts. Your sister's nuts. Whole damn family is nuts. And they ought to be grateful that when you, when you nuts go ahead and kill each other, that you keep it all in the family. You know, that, you know, outside people aren't being whacked, you know, in the head with a claw hammer or shot or what have you here. You know, that's the way it ought to be, okay? So, <laughs> in any case, <laughs> okay, other than CI of the bow movement, well, maybe I do, maybe I don't. So, I don't know why any of you, you know, I mean, shoot. I don't even know why you tards come and listen to this show. It's, you know, nowadays it's the same thing. It's the same thing. The bowel movement is messed up. CI Dastry is pretty much wall-to-wall mongrels and mamsers. By the way, John Thomas, uh, when you download and listen to this here, you know, look, uh, you're wondering why I'm not a big friend with Brother Non-Aryan. Well, the reason I'm not a big friend, friend of Brother Ryan or Non-Aryan or whatever is he's a mongrel. He's a mongrel who goes ass the mouth of this murder-stew pig named William Fink. He's a liar and hypocrite, pretends to be a great libertine. And then he was friend like a pussy about how I wouldn't mow my damn yard. Some anarchist, some great libertine, well, I like a pussy because, hey, I'm threatening to sue the city of Granby because they're bitching like a pussy about me mowing my damn yard. Now, folks, I did mow my damn yard, but not because these assholes told me to. I mean, I, oh, what happens? I like, you know, uh, mulching it or something like that. This morning, this morning I was, uh, oh, got my tiller, got my tiller, my little mantis tiller to work in, and I was raised bed here for about an hour and a half and what happens is that I like well I like uh, well I like gardening I like raised bed gardening so if you want to have some pretty good fertilizer green fertilizer you do go ahead and you attach the bagger to your mower and you go ahead and mow up a storm and that's what I did this morning okay so, you know, this is ridiculous. Well, in many cases, it is. You're listening to it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. So, decided to go ahead and tell about how, you know, I really do help. I really do try to help my friends out. Heck.
You know, I'm helping out one who's in prison. I'm helping the other who's in the nut house. You know, his mother has gone gaga, worse than usual here. She is always nutty, but she's gone even more nuttier. You know, about last April, she was yapping about buying a car for her son locked up in the nut house and how he, she talked to this guy who had been the prosecutor who died of a heart attack back in 1978. And what does that have to do with anything? But she's bought him a car. Well he needs he needs to get a fairly well, I don't know there's no such thing as a good lawyer he needs to uh, essentially you know having him go to trial is the best way of getting him out because second degree murder is what 7 to 15 years usually average about 12 years about 12 years for second degree murder and what happens this ain't really second degree murder this is you know, you can say it's, you know, you know, not guilty because he defended himself. I mean, he didn't know his daddy was wanting him to kill him. He didn't know his daddy was reading a stupid book on how, you know, how to get other people to commit suicide. You know, he didn't know that at the time. But, you know, heck, he's, he's willing to go ahead and plead guilty to a felony, a.k.a., uh, you know, uh, what? involuntary or voluntary manslaughter and get seven years but in which case he's been locked up for 13 so it's about time to work on getting him deinstitutionalized is what it's time to do so <laughs> Walter White I don't know I don't I don't brew up drugs here yeah <laughs> So where am I at here? Uh, where am I at here? Let's see. <laughs> well, I have no idea where Monet is. I sent an email out, uh, and I like to thank Monet for calling in. Uh, uh heck. Today I, you know, today I had regular hours. I got up around 8:30 and fed, you know, fed and watered Roxy and the puppy dog. Uh, my little four-legged poopy dog, he's scared because he was born around on the Fourth of July back in 2007. He is scared of fireworks, and the kid across the street has bought him a whole bunch of them, and he was hiding behind the washing machine. My little four-legged poopy dog was. Okay, so uh, why do you wear a miner's light and a half beard? The half beard is to freak out the Zogbots. The miner's light is uh, when I go down to 338 Rabbit Track Road, uh, it's dark in there, and it's easier to go ahead and find oh, old stuff or something like that. I went down there. And got up. I was look, I'm looking for the address of Jeremy the Pisser Possum, and I'm going to find it. Uh, that was another character I wanted to go ahead and mail out, but I, I mailed it out, and it should get there tomorrow. And they'll send me back the subpoenas. What is annoying, though, was annoying though, is that I didn't directly sue the federal government. I simply asked the question about the constitutionality of the DMCA. Now, 
understand this. The uh, DMCO, I'm not suing Brian Real because he's a mongrel or Fink because he's a Jew or Clifton M. Iser because he's a Jew or Eli James because he's a Jew. I'm suing them because they engaged in a criminal, you know, criminal conspiracy to misuse the Digital Millennium Copyright Act to take down my web pages. And therefore they have violated my First Amendment right to freedom of religion. Now, looking at it, neither Fink nor Clifton M. Heiser nor what, Eli James, they're anything other than papist preterists here. What they are is that when it comes down to it, they're no devils as well. They don't believe there is actually a Satan the devil. They run around, pretend that the Jews somehow spawned themselves here and they raped Eve in the garden and somehow the Jews, why they, you know, they were put into the pit by Charlemagne and not allowed to loan out money and that is, you know, that is Satan being put in the pit for a thousand years. Stupid papist preterist, no devil horseshit. Now, the fact is, is that they're already is plenty of no-devil horseshit out from Sheldon Emery, from Dave Barley, from Ted Whelan, a whole bunch of no-devil nitwits running around. What do you need? A nigger-nosed Jew boy. What do you need? A Chicago supporting Jew boy. Oh, filling out. I, I went ahead and uh, filled the thing out here. His supposed now name is Eli James, but his, I think his real name is Joseph November, and supposedly, according to him, before that was Joseph Putz or Cuts or something. You know, poor little critter was born at Dachau or uh, Bergen-Belsen or someplace here. <laughs> he was born at Death Camp. You know, our, you know, you've squeezed out, you squeezed out of Anne Frank's pussy, old Eli James here. Who knows here? <laughs> she said, oh, what a putz here. You know, old Anne Frank, when she was squeezing that, said, oh, what a putz. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, in any case, these characters are not for real. They're Jews. And they don't, they don't preach the real dual seed line. They do sort of understand it, but they hate it. What they're saying is chaotic. So why should we worry about it, okay? Any case, I'm going to go ahead and take a break. Yes, uh... Think Lashini is a no devil. All right, who the hell, who the hell is Bruce? Bruce, Bruce How, you know, Bruce Howard, fourteen sixty nine, A.K.A. James Lawrence or whatever the hell he calls himself here. So okay, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and take a break. Is Texas on the call? Well, we're gonna take a break because I've talked enough. Uh, what I wanted to talk about was the Supreme Court. I did talk about other things. The second thing is that the white nationalist bowel movement has certainly pussied out. Okay, and here we will have a break here. And Adam Liptak, the Supreme Court correspondent for the New York Times. There are more minor challenges lurking in the lower, lower courts, but having survived the Supreme Court twice uh, unscathed, 
uh, it really looks like this is a law that, as the president might say, is getting woven into the fabric of American society. And wow. They're saying that Obongo Care is woven into the fabric of American society. And the answer is no, it's not. Who's going to pay for it? Who's going to pay for it? There's fewer and fewer and fewer white people. It isn't able to be paid for. Don't matter how much the nigger wants it. White people are not going to pay for niggers and beaners. All this stupid crap. We can go ahead and say to hell with it. If we really want to. Really, when it comes down to it, a 21-year-old white kid with a 45 caliber Glock can whack nine niggers in nothing flat. How long would it take to cut off nigger food supplies to Detroit, to Chicago, to New York, to New Jersey, to Oakland? Do any of these niggers know how to run out in the woods and you know have a guerrilla war? And the answer is no. Are they able? Are they able to make 223 ammunition or AK-47 ammunition or 22 ammunition? No. Are they able to save up their piss and shit and make a black powder flintlock? No. When the white man decides he's had enough of the nigger and the Jew and the Whigger, and it's time to kill, they're dead. This Dylan, this Dylan Roof character, he just read what the Council of Kosher Conservative, you know, you know, cunts went ahead and wrote, and he took it seriously. He had enough. He really wasn't winning in Obongo Care. I agree with you know three quarters of what Harold Covington said on his latest Radio Free Northwest, but I don't agree with what he said is that hey, we're not the ones who decide when a man has had enough. And Dylan Storm Roof, in my opinion, is a man. Far more than Cunt Hair Walrus, and certainly more than a Jew boy like Alex Linder, or Greggy Johnson, or the traditional youth faggots, or Andre the Nigger. All these people are just yapping tards. I believe the solution is revolution. I believe the solution is essentially killing those starting with Wiggers that offend they offend Yahweh's law I believe in killing I believe in violence I believe in civil war I believe in actual revolution I believe in you know sending evildoers starting with Wiggers and pig lices and judges and lawyers and the rest to hell, them and their families. Don't even bother with putting out a death camp for them. Just kill them. That's the way to solve something. You don't like evil, you destroy. 
evil people. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and take a break, and we're going to, well, take a short break, and we will be back in a few minutes. Hail Victory. Our flag is proudly floating on the land and on the main. Shout, shout, the battle cry of freedom. Beneath it oft we've conquered and will conquer oft again. Shout, shout, the battle cry of freedom. Our deep sea forever, she's never had a loss. Down with the eagle and up with the cross. We will rally around the body flag, we'll rally once again. Shout, shout, the battle cry of freedom. Our gallant boys have marched to the rolling of the drums. Shout, shout, the battle cry of freedom. And the leaders in charge cry out, come boys, come. Shout, shout, the battle cry of freedom. Our Dixie forever, she's never had a loss. Down with the eagle and up with the cross. We will rally around the bonnie flag, we'll rally once again. Shout, shout, the battle cry of freedom. They have laid down their lives on the bloody battlefield. Shout, shout, the battle cry of freedom. Their motto is resistance to the tyrants never yield. Shout, shout, the battle cry of freedom. Our Dixie forever, she's never had a loss. Down with the eagle and up with the cross. We will rally around the body flag, we'll rally once again. Shout, shout, the battle cry of freedom. Something to say. Hey, what's going on? This is Wild Goose, brother. Okay, I'm trying to figure out who's calling. This is Wild Goose. Wild what's going on, brother? Hell Nothing yeah. much here. All right. Well, I'm not quite sure if I know you, Wild Goose. Uh, are you one of these white nationalist bloggers, or are you just somebody listens, or what? I, I, I'm not a blogger. Um I try writing a few blogs. I just don't have the time to keep up with it. I don't know if I'm a white nationalist, but I am a Texas nationalist uh, by, by every stretch. 
And, you know, these people, they're going to have a real hard time if they try coming down in the south and messing with Texas, all right? Well, I told my friend, uh, you know, he killed his dad, the claw hammer, don't go back to Texas because one of the things he did while he was in Texas was he was a very good credit card thief. Letty was a very good credit card thief. So I said, don't go down to Texas. You don't want to mess with Texas. They they don't have any, you know. I mean, you know it's bad when nigger dope dealers who got two life sentences for killing other nigger dope dealers in Texas. Well, you know that's bad when essentially they would rather spend time in the Newton County Jail than, you know, in Missouri than they were in Texas prison. You know what I mean? So Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, these these niggers are up there creating the hoot and hollering up in Baltimore, but I guarantee you, if things get that bad up there in the Northeast or in the Midwest or on the West Coast, you're always welcome here, as okay, long as you're not where, a nigger. Where in Texas are you from? Texas is a pretty good size. Dallas. And I'll tell you what, we we do have our share of niggers, but they, they don't pipe up too often. No, they don't. Uh, when I used to drive a Very truck, respectful. yeah, well, 25 years ago, uh, I used to pretend I was from Cut and Shoot, Texas, outside of Houston. Uh, and I was pissed off because I didn't kill anything major. See, down in, down in Texas, niggers know if they get caught thieving, uh, every white Texan thinks he has the right to shoot a thieving nigger. So mm-hmm. pretty well, Texas niggers are well behaved, relatively you know, far better behaved than New York, Long Island, or New Jersey niggers. I well, mean, you're it. talking about the East Coast. What about the West Coast? I think they learned their lesson. They learned that they could take advantage of the West Coast during the Rodney King riots when there was that truck driver. I forget his name, oh, but there yeah. was that truck driver. Reginald Denning, Reggie Denning, you know, um, he's the butt of a lot of comedians' jokes. You know, it's all mocking, of course, but I think it was Bill Hicks that said, step on the fucking gas. You know, he he said, well, shoot, if he just kept on going, you know, he'd be the richest truck driver alive because he'd never stop again. Oh, they had, they had the other day the place in the country least likely to read books. You know, mm. you know what you know what part of the country is least likely to read books? Which one is that? Beaumont, Texas. I've been to Beaumont. <laughs> which is which is ironic because that's that's like one of the, the capitals of Texas education. Beaumont is one of the people that founded the educational system in Texas, which is one really? of the best in the country, well, by the way. Supposedly, supposedly, I was here. I was saying is that the place in the country least likely to read books. The, the man, Beaumont, not Texas. not the city. The the man that that, that the city was named for, was named Beaumont. Oh, okay, well, hey, right. That's uh, Texas history. I do know. I do know that a lot of your counties was named for people who got murdered. By uh, Santa Ana at the Alamo or Goliad or wherever. You know, you'd have all these counties which were named after people who got killed at the Alamo or Goliad or wherever. You know what I mean? You know, during right, the right. Of, uh, Revolutionary well, War. It had, a, it had a rich history. It had a rich history. And, and there were, uh, education was a huge part of Texas history. That was one thing we had on the rest of the republic before we joined, 
was that we had a very robust educational system. Now we've been dumbed down by the federal government in the uh, the Common Core, the Common Core curriculum, and all these other regulations that you know Bush, you know, a, a, an alleged fellow Texan, um, and the federal government handed down to us. They're trying to dumb us down. They want us to be complacent. They want us to uh, uh, spend millions of dollars on this uh, white privilege education. I don't know if you're privy to that information, but the uh, I, I believe it's called the EAD. It's like the Eastern or Education Action Group, rather. Mm-hmm. And they've created this curriculum for schools across the U.S. to teach white privilege. And, and each of these schools has to pay for that curriculum to teach white privilege in schools, you know, for children well, I, for white I children heard, to feel bad about being white. I heard about I heard about that. Here in Joplin, Missouri, they had tornado and pretty well the tornado hit most of the uh hit most of the schools. And that's mm-hmm. the result why they, you know, the good old boy system was pretty well looted. They had something called Common Core, and they pretty well denied it for the second time. And some of the stupid shit was supposedly to teach kids to educate themselves. In which case, go ahead and give them $100,000 and then just close down the schools. Just let them educate themselves at home. Well, listen, this is what's, this is what's dangerous, my friend. Uh, the, the Education Action Group is trying to teach this, this principle of white privilege, that if you're white, you're guilty for everything the white man's ever done to the black man, the Mexican, yeah. whatever kind of minority in this country. And, and, and these schools are paying millions upon millions of dollars into this, this curriculum. Guess who's the biggest, the biggest spender uh, as far as this curriculum is concerned? I'll give you a clue. Where did we see a riot with black youth? Maybe a couple months ago, uh, St. Louis. Um, close. Well, I mean, close as far as timeline, but Baltimore. Well, but I guarantee you, St. Louis is I, a big spender too. Have you ever been? Have you ever been to Baltimore? I have several oh, times. Yeah. I've never been to Baltimore and had a good time happen. Yes, I have a station at Fort Meade, so a lot of times me and the oh, boys okay. would go down to Baltimore. And uh, we went down to this place called The Block, okay? That was kind of like the red light district. They had the strip clubs and everything. It was never well, a good they time. Have, they but have, it, in an army they, post, they have what's called the strip, like at Lawton or Wrightstown or Pulaski or uh, Waynesville or whatever. Every single <laughs> army post, every single army post has, more, a, has a strip for mm-hmm. dicks. Yeah, but here's the thing about Baltimore and in the block, okay? And this goes for all of Baltimore. The only place you're going to find an actual police officer in a squad car running patrol, you know, doing their job, mm-hmm. is on the Inner Harbor area, where you see all the fancy restaurants and the bookstores like Barnes & Noble, Starbucks. You know, all the fancy restaurants are on this little pier. That's where you see the the police officers just kind of chilling out in their squad cars, making sure all the white folks are safe. But the rest of the town, the closest thing to a a police presence you're going to find is a blue light with a camera on it. That's it. It's a surveillance camera. 
Well, I've been to Baltimore. I went to the Harbor District. And essentially, it involved going up to the Great Lakes, picking up a container with the truck, going up to the Great Lakes, picking up some chemical powder to send to Tel Aviv, and then going back to Baltimore. And you'd have these green tires, these crappy old containers, and uh, all that sort of thing. So... Any case, Baltimore's uh, not a good town, huh? No, Baltimore, Baltimore sucks. Here. You're, you're, you're uh, safer. Yeah. You're safer in 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 fucking uh, Kabul, Afghanistan, than you are in Baltimore, Maryland. Well, I've been. You know, you've probably been to Houston and Pasadena, Texas, where you have all these. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have this strip where you have all these. You're, you're crossing this big old. Weird old bridge here, which, you know, I mean, a huge old bridge here, and it got one hell of a curve to it. You know, it sort of has a curve which goes up over Buffalo Bayou, and then you're going to, what, Pasadena, Texas, where you have the stench of uh, where they make these uh, plastic, white, these white plastic pellets, sort of like, you know, for about everything. You know what I mean? You've probably been there, too, haven't you? Right, right. No, I've been to Houston. For sure, yeah. Not not in a long while. I've been at least ten years, but no, I've been there. I don't have any family there anymore. They're all gone. They they all they all either moved away or you know they're just not there anymore. Okay. So anyway, uh, you're into white nationalism or something or what? Well, I, I wouldn't say into white nationalism. Uh, I, I I can definitely sympathize with a lot of the uh, uh, political points that are being presented. I, I just, I have a hard time adhering to any kind of political party. I've just been backstabbed by too many different movements. Um, and I, I have a hard time buying into any kind of organization because every organization like that is susceptible to being co-opted by people like Sarah Palin, like the Tea Party movement was. Oh, that was a yeah, grassroots movement. It was co-opted by Republicans and just like the Occupy movement was a grassroots movement, that was co-opted by Barack Obama and, and the rest of the Democrats. Hell, the KKK was co-opted by the Democrats. Oh, the KKK, and that's the problem I have with old Hunter Wallace. You know, Hunter Wallace. Mm-hmm. Forty years ago, forty years ago, fifty years ago, the you know before you had the Council of Conservative Citizens. They were called the white, you know, white, you know, citizens council. Mm. And pretty well, they were the chamber of commerce for these towns in mainly Mississippi, but in Alabama, all across the South. Right. And what they did, what they did is that they pretty well would give the Klan, as the rural white muscle, you know, uh, they would give them the marching orders. You know what I mean? Right, right. No, sometime, I, I got you. Sometime in the, sometime in the mid, you know, mid to late sixties, they decided to be bought off. They decided to be bought off because guess what? Bur- you know, burning down, you know, blowing up niggers or, you know, doing whatever was bad for business. Mm-hmm. So what they did is that they betrayed the Klan and pretty well. You know, pulled their leadership, pulled their money, and that's pretty well my problem with old Hunter Wallace. I've known him for what ten years now, 
and right. he's just a poor little rich kid, and I'm a little bit annoyed because, oh, he went ahead and abandoned me. He went ahead and blocked me because he got mad when I compared niggers, you know, these, you know, nine niggers who got killed to essentially nine or ten cockroaches, which, you know, they like water, and, you know, they drowned in the toilet bowl, and I flushed them down. Well, listen, these black nationalists are saying the same thing about the nine niggers that died in Charleston. They're saying the oh, same they, damn thing. They're saying the they same probably, thing about them. They think about them the same way. Did you see what that, that monkey said out in Charleston, that Black Panther son of a bitch? No telling. Well, he he got up he got up on his little soapbox down there in Charleston, and he was talking about how, you know, the, the black man has to rise up and finish the job of, uh, his name was... Denmark something. It was a weird name. It was some kind of Euro Denmark name. But it was basically some Denmark black guy that wanted to kill all the slave masters. And he said that he wanted the black people to rise up and have an uprising and kill all descendants of slaves, kill all white people. And that the nine people that got killed in that church were basically traitors. They were race traitors. Well, that, that particular church was founded in 1820. Mm-hmm. And one of the you know one of the two or three founders was this nigger named Denmark right. Vesey. That, that's Denmark the name. Vesey, that's who he's talking about. And his yep. father, Denmark Vesey, you know, Denmark Vesey at the what uh, AME Church in 1822. Uh, he was telling all the niggers it's time to rise up and kill the white man. Right. And this man's saying they got to finish the job. Two of the niggers, two of the niggers went ahead and stitched them out. So they quickly hung Denmark Vesey and one of his kids and about, oh, about five or six other niggers here. And then they hung about another 30. And then they, some of them were from Africa. And they decided to send them back to wherever the hell they came from. Some of the niggers got deported, you know, before right. Abraham Lincoln walked Well, they got sent to Liberia. Well, I think Denmark Vesey's... Uh, Slave wife here. He was all pissed off because uh, he was a nigger who learned to read and write, and he was a you know he was from one of the Danish East Indies islands here, so that's why they called mm. him Denmark Vesey, you know. Right. And since he was owned by this this uh, merchant captain who used him at, you know to translate French and whatever. And as a result, as a result here, this was a fairly smart, literate nigger here, but here he was, he got right. religion, and here he is, he's setting up this church, and they're plotting to kill the slave master. Now, these stupid Charles, you know, Charlestonians, they're outnumbered by the niggers by about 60 to 40%. Right. And they have brought in some of these Haitian niggers who, what, 10, 15 years before had killed all the French, you know, right. in Haiti and turned you know, or in Santo Domingo and turned into Haiti. They were deport they were importing African niggers, you know, and you know, pretty well here are all these wild niggers that they're importing and some of them think, well we if we go ahead and let them have a little bit of Christianity, they'll turn them into tame, tame niggers. So essentially Denmark Vesey is one of the founders of this church. Well, guess what? After they hung you know, after they hung you know, after they hung, you know, the niggers, uh, about nine years later, here comes Nat Turner uh, in very extreme south, you know, next to North Carolina in Southampton right. County. And he goes ahead and he kills about, oh, 
60, between 60 and 100 white people, and he's another right. nigger who learned to read and write and who got some Christianity in him, and it didn't, it didn't work very good, and pretty well, pretty well in the case of uh, Charleston, uh, they condemned that church, and they said, hey, look, uh, you know, no longer will you have nigger ministers. You're not going to teach niggers to read and write because then they they're can all pass radicalized. Every one of them. Every one of yeah. them. You, you, you see all these. You see all these niggers on the news. They're all radicalized reverends and fathers. And yeah, yeah, that's what gets pastors. me. All, three, of these, three of these. Three of these. The religious niggers, radicals. Three of these damn niggers. You know, three of the, the heat coons. They were all fucking reverends. I mean, shit. You couldn't. You could go ahead and swing a dead cat by the tail without hitting that. They're not going to get in any trouble. They're not out there committing the violence. All they're doing is is inspiring all these other niggers to to go out and commit the violence for them. They're basically that like radical exactly imams. Right. They're they're yeah, like radical like, imams with, with, with yeah, radical like Islam. Al like Al Sharpton, mm-hmm. Jesse Jackson. Yes, I mean, they're you know they're too chicken shit to go ahead. They're they're humping the she bones here, and they're telling the buck niggers to go ahead and kill the white man. Anyway, what they did, what they did is they decided to, you know, we had enough of this church, so they were going to tear it down, and uh, a bunch of white supremacists of the day went ahead and burned it down instead, and they didn't allow it to be rebuilt until 1868, when essentially the... Uh, Essentially, it wasn't the you know, white Charlestonians who wanted it built. It was uh, essentially the the radical Yankees, you know, ra- radical Republicans who uh, wanted it rebuilt, and they did. So essentially, that particular church, that particular church was uh, designed to kill Whitey. Right, right. You know, that was you know, it was founded to kill Whitey. It was founded by a you know a nigger slave. Or ex-slave, a Freeman, who uh, decided, you know, become Christianized and uh, learned to read and write, and was plotting to kill the white man. And he didn't deny mm-hmm. that's what he was intending to do. You know what I mean? Now, all these organizations got taken down as organizations. That, to me, that that's my problem with uh, white nationalism as an organization, not as an ideology. Okay, I agree with the white nationalist ideology, but as an organization, it's endangering itself. You understand what I'm saying? It's it's leaving itself vulnerable to attack as a whole. You're basically, you're painting a a red, you're painting a crosshair on your head by saying, I'm a part of this this group or this. I I disagree. I don't know if you've been paying attention to it, but you had. You know, that's why it annoyed me about old Hunter Wall you know, Hunter Wallace. Well, here he is. He gets all mad when I say is that shit, Hunter. You know, here you are in southern Alabama in the middle of the black belt, and you seem to have a delusion that by flying right. like a pussy you're going to get a white homeland. And mm. here you are in the you know, where essentially the county, you know, you live in is seventy nine percent nigger. And then about five percent meaner, and then the rest, you know, you you got about what fifteen, twenty percent that's white. I mean, you yeah. come from a family that used to own the plantation, and somehow uh-huh. you believe, somehow you believe that you're going to get a white nation state in a place which is damn near eighty percent nigger, and they're all going right. to go back out to the fields to pick cotton and be good niggers, yeah, and, you know, and that's not going to happen. 
that's not going to happen. Right, and that, that's I mean? why I think, like, the, yeah, of course. And, and I think why, why nationalists would be more effective as a group if if they they splinter out, you know, if they form these cells, we gotta we gotta fight fire with fire. You understand what I mean? Because that's what they're doing to us. You're splitting in the cells, exactly. splitting the smaller groups. But we gotta go smaller than them so that we don't exactly. get caught. We we gotta we gotta buy up these these uh, vans on eBay. We gotta buy a ton of fertilizer. We gotta buy assault weapons made of plastic so we can get past security and TSA checkpoints. We gotta do all this stuff. You know what I'm saying? We gotta be on the well, fly. I we just, we can't just, be organized about it. It's gotta be a lone wolf I, thing. Well I just I sort of agree and I disagree. My policy is I've been in quote I've been in yeah I've been in the movement since nineteen ninety three after Waco. I helped run right. some militias around there and Generally, I look at all these people yapping about ethno nation states or something like that under a fearless leader, be it David Duke mm-hmm. or you know this Jew boy named Alex Linder here on VNN. You know he's a Jew. Uh, you have a bunch of CI dentists uh, who are mainly Jews and Mongols. Uh, what I propose is what I call the Ten Thousand Warlords program. To understand is that Zog Babylon is going to go like every other empire. And it is going to be, it's going to fall apart. And when right, it falls right. apart, when it falls apart, you are not talking about, you know, it being divided into regions or states, or in some cases even counties. You are going to have things break apart like you did in the Middle Ages after the fall of Rome. Right. Uh, I states in Germany for, what, 19 months in a nuclear missile battalion. And right. they say is that during you know during the Middle Ages, uh, a a country less than the size of Oregon was divided into about 980 different little principalities, duchies, counties, free cities, what have you. It was divided up right. into all these here little castles and all this sort of thing. Of course, uh, yeah. That, that, listen, the nigger, the nigger will never have the re- resourcefulness and knowledge of chemistry that the white man has. Okay, we we invented chemistry. We we invented explosive munitions, and so you know when we amass these stockpiles of fertilizer and put them in the vans, you know people aren't going to think anything about it. It's like, oh well, that's just what the white man does. He puts fertilizer in white vans. What you don't normal. even need to do. Anything mm-hmm. like that. I mean, right, look, you don't. I, I, right, I, I pointed point out is that, hey, I've never really seen a nigger yet that was able to run an AK 47 or a, uh, you know, 223 Remington ammunition factory. Right. They, I mean, they don't have the knowledge, they don't have the ballistic know how. Well, they don't have the ability to run a mechanical process, and they certainly their don't fingers have aren't the... nimble enough either. Well, it's not even that here. I mean, they could maybe run a factory, but they don't have any ability of how to get these materials, how to run these machines, how to keep them, you know, operate here. Only the white man knows how to do things here. So, I. I tell people is that what you have is that you have a Wigger problem. You have Wiggers who essentially are a bunch of race traitors. Uh, I, was, right, right. I, was, I was I was disappointed in that here you have all these people 
Now they're going to take away the white man's Confederate flag. Why eBay isn't going to sell Confederate shit. Amazon isn't going to sell Confederate shit. Walmart's not going to sell Confederate shit. They're taking, they're taking down the, you know, the uh, Confederate uh, monuments and all this sort of thing. I'm looking and saying, well, so, I mean, maybe it's my time. Maybe right. it's about time that you, as a white man, decide that you're not going to support. You're not going to support not only the federal government, but the state government and these politicians who do this shit. Absolutely. Yeah, you, and, and you mentioned Walmart, and I think Walmart's a great supplier of fertilizers and firearms and ammunition, but um, I think that you you have you have a big deal of influence. And you're you're historically well-read. What do you think about the president, somebody that I think is the president of basically race treachery in this country, John Brown? John Brown. Uh, John Brown, oh, you mean the one who uh, supposedly you know, started started the uh, Civil War or something like that? Well, okay. he, he definitely uh, had a hand in it. Sure. Yeah, the I, I have pointed out. I have pointed out is that maybe, maybe it's about time we treat old Dylan Storm Roof as the white nationalist or the white man's John Brown, because he well, cut he cut to the he cut to the heart of the matter. He says, "Shoot." Uh, you know, well, how so? Because he took out black men. John Brown killed white men. I, I, well, I mean, yeah, you he, have a little he bit of a white you know, he, he loved niggers. He loved niggers here. He hung out with them. He hung out well, with yeah, them. There were niggers on TV saying he was cool with us. He wanted on them. But, hey, he wanted to start, he wanted race to start a race war. He Absolutely. wanted to start a civil war. Flag. And that's what, that's what Dylan Roof, you know, Dylan Roof said. He wants to start he a civil war. He was arming them with motivation to... to to buy tons of fertilizer and stuff, but yeah, I mean, he was definitely. Well, a, I, don't know, uh, I don't know about I don't know about the fertilizer. I mean, really, for all practical purposes, uh, I don't. You know, I'm not. I don't. I don't see the point of bombing these federal buildings or anything like that. When me neither. It, 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 for all, for all practical purposes, for all practical purposes, what you do is you get to where these buildings. Don't have any purpose. Uh, they're not really. They're not really. They're not like forts or castles or something like that to where Zog Babylon is going to hold up and then. You know, like Beeper, the the- like Beeper Vendetta. You know, it's like these people don't need a, another building. What they need is their freedom. You know, uh, it. Are you? Uh, do you own a firearm? Or do you go to the range a lot? Uh no, not really. I well, I really I I really I'm not really going to say you know. That's fine. Here. That's fine. What, what 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 I'm saying is that folks, I do not, you know, I do not talk about my guns. I do not. You know, that's I, okay. I, just, I do not. I you know I I don't see the point of yapping about fertilizer. Uh, well, are you I, are I you aware of something called uh like or, or have you ever used like a target one of those targets that uh blows up. No. Like when you go, really go out shooting. Well, 
No, go on YouTube. Go on YouTube. Look up Tannerite. Tannerite targets. They're basically exploding t targets, right? Well, you can cut them open, basically. Well, you can buy them by the dozen and, and basically yeah. make like a 50-pound brick of Tannerite. And the, you could like blow up, uh, blow up a car with it. It's on YouTube. It's readily available. Well, is it? well yeah, okay, yeah. maybe so. I guess I just... <laughs> you know, it's been a long time since I was in the Army. I uh, And for all practical purposes, the targets we had were just oh old old half tracks and stuff like that here when yeah. uh, basic training or something you know old one thirteens yeah. or you know m one thirteens or whatever here you know you had to fire a you had to fire a law missile you had to throw some grenades and uh right. I, I was fairly yeah, sure. i was fairly i was fairly good with a rifle and i was fairly good with a you know, I was a squad machine gunner and in case I really, I really haven't been much of a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fairly, I'm a fairly accurate shot here, but you know, really last time right, I right. shot something was about oh, 15, 20 years ago when I went dove hunting. So I really, I really, uh, you know, I mean, I really don't, you know, I don't advocate people showing their guns. I don't advocate people blowing me anything up. Me neither. YouTube is basically the, the biggest weapon used against white nationalists these days because a lot of white nationalists, like, they, they get caught up in this uh, law enforcement deal because they go on YouTube and they show off their assault rifles and explosives and stuff, and I'm just trying to, you know, let the people well, know. Was, like, I've would, had uh, friends go down for that. That ain't... I wouldn't advocate doing that here. Speaking of somebody who used to do that, old Kurt Saxon. I hear he's in a, I heard a couple months ago he was in a uh, nursing home in Alpena, Arkansas. So uh, mm. he used to he used to do that. He used to have books called The Poor Man's James Bond and all sorts of interesting stuff. And he would he would make up stories about Clarence and the gay Martians. He sort of thought that these people were, Martians here, and he would plot on how to kill Martians, and you know it, it'd be about how he uh, he made gasoline bombs out of uh, you know uh, out of matchsticks and stuff like that here. And there yep. used to be we used to have a the poor man. Propane tanks bomb. are handy too, huh? Propane tanks you can get them pretty much anywhere, any gas station. Propane tanks. Yeah, I'm sure you can. Here. You can basically I, I make just, a fuel air bomb from a propane tank. You just let it fill up a car. Yeah, I mean, you know how a fuel air bomb works. Like it, it basically, the surrounding area where the gas is, where it's leaked, uh, that entire area where the gas is, where it leaks, becomes the bomb itself. So it's as big as the area the gas is filling. It, like that's the explosive charge right there. Well, that's I why heard, that. I heard. Yeah. I heard gas. I heard gasoline. Uh, a gallon of gasoline was equivalent to what? Four sticks of dynamite, as I heard years ago. Oh, yeah. That here. But I don't, you know, what, what I urge people to do, what I urge people to do is don't, you know, there's no point in posting the sperm fart. There's no purpose in posting the VNN, even, you know, Linder's a Jew and, you know, he's a piece of shit here and, there's no there's no point to talk you know posting to these stupid blogs. Your best bet yeah, is blogs to foolish. to essentially essentially just simply getting close to Yahweh, but also you know figure out which ones of your family are worth taking with you and saving. Learning how to you know you know 
Yeah. Learning how to grow your own vegetables and grow your own meat and grow a number of things here. You know, staying away from the big cities. Uh, you know, essentially not really going to federal buildings or sporting events or anything where there's a lot of targets. Staying away. I mean, if you stay away from stuff like that, you're going to avoid a lot of diseases, which is spread by a whole bunch of people. So what you do is that you you essentially pull your way clear. You don't trust the pigs. You don't trust politicians. You don't trust you know the Jews papers. You you essentially learn to think for yourself. Is pretty well what I advocate. Uh, when I started the show five years ago, I was I was bitching about particular people. Now I tell about what's going on and quote white nationalism, and it's the same old stupid shit. I was just I was sort of disappointed in saying that pretty well, here is this kid. He reads something on the Council of Conservative Citizens, and these, you know, these pussozoids pretend that they never heard of him before. And they put that webpage, and they get Jared Taylor to speak for them. Uh, oh, well, we don't believe in violence. Well, then, what are you going to do? Are you, you know, I mean, quite... Why are you apologizing for this Dylan Storm roof here? Why, you know, if, if you don't have anything to do with them, what right. business do you have right. we, we need to for? We need to look at Dylan Storm as the hero here. You know, he, well, he's, not, he's not a martyr for them. He's a martyr for us. My point, my point is that you know, I, I thought he might be a nutty kid. And then he had this little manifesto that he, you know, pretty well copied from the Council of Conservative Citizens. He took these goofy bastards seriously. And mm -hmm. what he did is, for whatever reason, he did what he did. And I'm not going to whine and piss and bone because he gunned down nine niggers. Who cares? You know, who cares? They're the beast of the field. They're, they're not us. They don't belong in a white society. And I feel sorry for him, but I'm not going to apologize for him. I'm not no. going to denounce him. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not going, you know, he decided to do what he thought he had to do. Okay? Right, of course. Okay. Anyway, they, you know, they're claiming that uh, you're out to entrap me or something like that. And the, the answer is... I'm sorry? That I did not... Huh? Bravo, Whiskey, Whiskey Charlie subject Hank Hill has been solidified as a legitimate target. Moving in on your go. The niggers eating the biscuit. I repeat, the niggers eating the biscuit. Swarm, swarm, swarm. Okay. Uh, can we go ahead and take a couple minute break and we'll be back, all right? Hello? I guess he hung up. Anyway... If I was trolled, I was trolled. I'm not going to worry about it. You know, <laughs> you know, my my point is is my point is is that I'm disgusted by people who talk a big game, and then when some kid does something that is going to ruin his life. I'm not going to denounce Dylan's storm loop. I'm not going to apologize. 
for what some people decide they have to do. He figured out he was going to be a soldier, he was going to be a mother, and as far as I'm concerned, he is one. So anyway, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and we will be back. Bill Victory. Or was it, you know, was it Bill Wagner crew? I don't care. I don't really mind if somebody wants to troll. I'm not being like old Todd the Tard and essentially inciting any imminent violence here. In fact, I, I'm simply advising people who are listening is insofar as possible, just do as much to disentangle yourself from Zog Babylon the third and final. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and we'll be back. No victory. Zogling squirrels and zogling goys will always sit down and suck whatever lies we recognize. We don't give a fuck. There's a lot of goose dead, so we can sleaze and piss at night while we lie off our heads. My daddy served in the army where he lost both his nuts. Clown flew that rag out our yard till the day that it died. It want my mother, my brother, my sister and me to grow up and live stupid in the land of the feet. Now this empire that I loathe is falling under attack. A mighty Jew cocksucker come deadling Zog up the ass. As soon as we can see dimly through our dumb black eye, Mamsers, we let up your shithole like the 4th of July. Hey, Uncle Zog will put your name at the top of its list. And the statue of Gimme Grunt stop flapping her tits. And this eagle will shit. And it's gonna be hot when you sniff Mammy's freedom. Skanky old twat. She'll feel like Zog. Shitstorm is coming down on you. All brought to you courtesy of the Rottwigger and Jews. Justice will be served and the kiklings will rage. This big old zog will shit when you rattle its cage. And you'll be sorry that you messed with the Jewess of A. Because we'll put our tongue up your ass. It's a zogling fag way. Hey, Uncle Zog will put your name at the top of his list. And the statute of Gimme Grunts clapping her dip. And the eagle will shit. And it's gonna be hot. When you sniff Mammy Freedom, skanky old twat. She'll feel like Zog Shitstorm is carrying down on you. All brought to you courtesy of the Rock Wigger and you. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. 
Shotgun ammunition is pretty good. In fact, that's what Irish people buy rather than 
You know, just like I used to urge people buy 22 ammunition, you know, now I urge people to buy shotgun ammunition. I mean, they've closed down, what, two years ago, the last lead mining operation in the United States, which was in eastern Missouri. So, hey, uh, if Texas or Bill Wagner crew had a little bit of fun with me, hey, I'm not going to worry about it. They were fun, okay? Wow, Jews here. <laughs> oh, heck. Uh, by the way, by the way, it looks like somebody went ahead and bitched about my Facebook account. I can't even log on anymore on Facebook. So uh, I thought it might have been all crossed here, but I think somebody went ahead and bitched. I think Facebook banned my Pastor Winston account over on Facebook. No, I certainly can't go ahead and respond to it anymore. In any case, uh, you know, I'd be happy to do this nut job. I don't mind. Look, cards make the turd roar. And if Wild Goose was a Bill Wagner tard, well, crew tard, that's fine. In fact, if he wants to call back any cat, okay? Let's see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Were you in the... Oh, yeah, I was. I was. Uh, Juice Kike. Juice Kike, uh was yapping about that, and I caught it here, and I was in I was in the Juice Kike show, but he didn't really want to talk to me here. Uh, he was yapping about whatever you know, crap he wants to yap about. That's fine here. Hey, if uh, Texas wants to call back in, he can here. Uh, but we already we already talked about you know the mythical buying fertilizer at Walmart. Uh, I don't see it happening. Uh, usually. If you want to buy it, why it's at, uh, well, usually a farmer's cooperative is the place to get it. And since I don't really run a farm, does it really matter? I mean, my idea of fertilizer is to cut and bag my grass. All right? Let's see. Oh, Cody? Well, guess what? By this, <laughs> you know, uh, Tonto, is that you? Cody was part of Bill Wagner's group. <laughs> okay, worked for a spam king named Bill Wagner. Well, okay, guest 11, uh, Johnny Tonto. Uh, that's another character I went. Hey, Tonto, listen up. You're part of the people I named here, but if you will, you know, make sure you tell me the truth. Tell me the truth here. I'm not really out to take any of these dog bucks here. I'm really not, Tonto. Really not. Uh, heck, you and I used to be real good friends. No, really, you know, I really was, I really was a little bit annoyed when, uh, you know, when old Cody, you know, when old Cody called in. But he was all annoyed because, well, guess what? <laughs> I mean, if you know he was part of the rescue, you should stop yapping the stupid shit here, uh, which you told me and only a few other people, all right? 
So, where am I at here? Yes, 11, I think it's Johnny Tonto Britton. Okay. Alrighty. You have your name, number, and address. Well, folks, if you want to go after, if you want to go after old wild goose. Go ahead and wild, go after wild goose. <laughs> okay. Well, this Andy Bong sounds definitely retarded. Let's see. Okay, well, Tonto, uh, you kept on yapping about uh, how you're descended from King Saul and all this good shit here, so I don't know. I don't all the trust or believe you either, Tonto. Uh, but, you know, look, why don't you just simply, while well, you just simply, I don't know, why don't you just simply get out of CI dentistry? Your Uncle Newman's dead. You used to whine like a pussy about how badly you were treated, how you tried to get out of CI dentistry. Stay out of CI dentistry. That's the easiest way to do it. 95% of people who believe in Israel identity have nothing to do with Wick the Dick have nothing to do with me, have nothing to do with UI James, have nothing to do with Finkelshini. They have their small little one and two and three family congregations. And they meet usually on Saturday. And they have a Bible study. And they probably never even gave a crap about what your Uncle Newman did or what Connie Lynch did, or what Wesley Swift did, or what Bertrand Comparator Willie Martin did. What they do is that they read their Bibles and mind their own business. That's what they do. That's the best thing to do. What this show is about is for you to do your own thinking, to make up your own mind, to stay out of trouble. I'm not, you know, just because I am not denouncing Bill and Storm Roof doesn't mean that I'm telling you to... Do something which, if it doesn't get you gunned down yourself, is going to get you on the grease rails to ride the needle in Terre Haute or South Carolina or wherever here. These southern states will execute your ass, especially if you cause trouble for their sacred niggers. What I urge you to do is, you know, hey, maybe you don't even need to argue with some tar that comes in there. Just say, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about raising cabbages. Let's talk about feeding chickens. 
let's talk about oh making wood gas stoves let's talk about useful things especially with people you don't know Now, when I do my show about understanding you'll see why Christian identity, I try to keep it to the Bible, but also have a relevant or political message as to what a true Israelite should do. And on this show, I say about what's going on in the bowel movement. I think it's contemptible about these people who yap about white nationalism having their own racial ethno-state, and what they do is they piss and moan when somebody goes ahead and gathers down some damn niggers. I don't care. I mean, niggers, Dylan Storm Roof went ahead and killed in this nigger church, which way back, Way back, you know my you know my ancestors. They came over from Sweden. They came over from Germany. They came over from wherever. And two of them, two great grandfathers, served in the you know, alongside. They served in the Union Army. Carl Svensson, A.K.A. Charles Samuelson, he was drafted in 1863. He got a double homestead in South Dakota for it. He got paid well. He got paid fairly good. He didn't bitch about you know being drafted. He knew he more likely would be drafted, and he was. So, folks, I don't see any need. I don't see any need to apologize for Dylan Storm Roof or the Klan anymore. Now I would appreciate Bill Stormroof or the Klan bitching about how my ancestors put these damned Indians on the reservation of Pine Ridge, South Dakota. They don't bitch about Pine Ridge. I don't bitch about how they treated niggers in the South. What good are they? Anyway, folks, uh, here's some bitching right now. I'm going to go ahead and take a, uh, for the quality of this show, uh, I might hear. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and take another break because somebody's bitching at me because she has to piss or she has to do something here. So anyway, we're going to be back in a few minutes. Hell victory. The going sound this or sing this song, Judah, Judah. This possum fish man slides lies long, oh, the Judah day. Gonna lie all night, gonna lie all day. Dog bed is soft when someone's in fact, this possum turned out all gay.
that high yellow bridge and dumb black Dutch Judah, Judah. Piss pops and bell, please don't mount too much all the Judah day. Gone away all night, gone away all day. Dog bed is soft with some lunging fag. Piss pops and turned out all gay. You got some stinky cockpecker in Judah, Judah. Come back home with piss possum kin. Oh, the Judah day. Gonna lie all night, gonna lie all day. Dog bandit dog with some luncheon fag. Piss possum turned out all gay. Wonger stick wanger in pisser hole, Judah, Judah. Can't touch bottom with three inch pole, oh the Judah day. Gonna lie all night, gonna lie all day. Dog bed and dog with some luncheon fag, piss mouse and turn out all gay. Okay, <laughs> we are, we are back here. <laughs> You ties are quarrelsome as hell. Trying to unmute guest number 32. Okay. Let's see. Why does any of you, why do any of you listen to the show? Really? Why do any of you listen to the show? Uh, Harold Covington, why last week he had a call-in show, and this week he doesn't, and... uh, you know, heck, he wants to control things, and that's why he doesn't uh, have them on talk show. Me? I don't, it doesn't bother me that this show is on talk show. It doesn't bother me to have a room full of tarts. It doesn't bother me that Wild Goose may or may not have told me. He probably did. Oh, no. Tarts make the turd war. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, some of you people are not very nice here. Okay. Well, uh, let's see. Hold on. Let's see if that's really Wild Goose. Wild Goose can't carry me away. Wild Goose. Yep, that was the old, that was a, that was definitely. Wild Goose wasn't very nice here. You know, he's calling Roxy an orca whale, which is not very nice. But what can I say here? Wild goose, just carry me away. Let's see. The troll call in. No, it's not the most exciting one here, but I would like to thank Wild Goose for calling in. I mean, shoot, this is not a stupid troll. Wild Goose was a lot better of a tard than, say, Liar Bill Mumps Left the Clueless. I really enjoyed being trolled by, well, rather clever tards. 
And I'd like to thank Wild Goof for calling in. All right? Wild Goof? Can't do it again here. If you want to call in, call in, Wild Goof. All right? <laughs> okay, where am I at here? <laughs> anyway. I was, I was, uh, I, I've gotten to where I start reading the Daily Spermer. Used to not read it at all, and I look and you know, here, here, oh, Audrey, I like to thank Unic also for you know with some of his Photoshop. But I really would like to thank you know Unic for. Call out for super ficking. Besides, you knew the job was fucked up when you took it. Call out for super ficking. Call out for super ficking. If you're on the air, that bribery says, come, come. Best big way they stays up, you dum-dum. Sword that censors the air about all day. Even for Barney can't change the censoring ways. Sword Manser, Pastor Lynch stays after you. Sword Manser, if he shoots your ass through through. Sword Manser, them nimbusters after you. Sword Manser, if they try to eat you, you're through. Them were you Nazis are really crazy clowns. When will they learn they kept little Manser packets down? Sword Manser censors the internet all day. Even them busty can't change the faggot ways. Sword Manser, Pastor Lindstead's after you. The Sword Manser Show! If he sues your ass, you're through. Do do do. Sword Manser, Pastor Lindstead's after you. Sword Manser, if he sues your ass, you're through. Sword Manser, them nimbusters after you. Sword Manser, if they chant, eat your ass, you're through. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> the beater phone always acts up after about an hour and a half. Uh, let's see. Well, Wild Goose, if you want to call back, you can. Femna, if you want to call in, you can. Mona called in the other, the other night and sort of saved the show. I was pretty tired here. Now I sort of got my second win from uh, slurping down the Folger Swill. Hey. So what the heck? I'm looking at, you know, something which came back. Okay. Where am I at here? <laughs> All right. Well, I got a room full of tart. What I see, what I, what I really, what I really despise is say the Council of Conservative Citizens. What they did 50 years ago is they betrayed their muscle, their soldiers, 
in the clan. And today's council services, they want to whine about what niggers are doing. Niggers are killing us all. Niggers are raping white women, and they are. But then when you tell them is that, hey, look, you're bullshit. Or you act like somehow you're going to get a white homeland, but these niggers are going to, they're going to go back to the fields. They're going to go to the Griffin Manor, and they're going to do a steady job of eight hours per day picking cotton, and then they're going to retire to the Griffin Manor Slave Plantation houses, and they're going to line up real nice for watermelons that they are that they are growing, that they are growing, and fried chicken, you know, Tyson Tyson plant here. Everything's going to be right with the world. You know, the whites will have their own little Dixie from what? Oh, from sea to well, Texas anyway. And the damn Yankees are going to not be able to pass a bongo care, and tomorrow there won't be any uh, faggot marriage ruling. And things will be right in the world. The, the Confederate monuments will be able, you know, and the, the flag, will, the, the stars and bars will fly over the state capital of, uh, you know, of uh, South Carolina and in Texas and the rest. And everything will be right with the world. If only you listen to these council of conservative citizens bitching about what the niggers are doing to them, but the niggers are not non-human. Why, the niggers are human, and they're Christian. How dare, how dare someone like Dylan Stormworth even mention our name in passing here, you know, by saying and said, hey, he was just a good little figure who had all these nigger friends, and, you know, guess what? The Council of Conservatives was by passing along their sad old, oh, Zog porn. Why he ruined things. And so now we're going to take down a web page and we'll have old Jewett Taylor, who probably got a Jew wife, and he's going to talk about how niggers are stupid, which they are. But he's going to say, we're not for violence. I remember. Oh, back in 1995, 1996, went up to Columbia for one of this Libertune expediting committee, and they met at the old Heidelberg, and he had this goofy bitch. She was bitching about something here, and I was doing a newsletter about the myth of nonviolence, and here's this nigger who is a scammer, just like most niggers. That, why? Oh, yes, I, I was in the music business. I knew all these people, blah, 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 blah. He goes ahead and reads to where about the myth of nonviolence, and I point out the old Martin Luther Coon threatened violence all the time. Threatened violence all the time while he was talking about nonviolence, but hey, he was threatening violence. And I point out is that, hey, if he had actually talked about nonviolence continually, nobody would pay attention to him. And this nigger gets all mad. He's trying to convince me to let him beat me up. 
And I'm not buying it. Well, I'm an inch or two taller. He's a skinny nigger. And I'm about 50 pounds or at least heavier. So let me try to go ahead and convince these other waiters who work at the bar at this restaurant to try to convince me to let the nigger beat me up. And they say they don't want anything to do with it, but they say if you're going to do something, take it outside. I said, well, don't look like uh, don't look like you're going to go ahead and get to beat anybody up right yet, now does it? Folks, the nigger scare the white man. All right. Folks, you don't have to put up with this shit. This old bongo shit here, the Republicans, why they're selling out. They could have ended Obongo care any time. I simply said, we're not going to pay for it. You know, the Supreme Court ruled there was a tax. Well, guess what? We're the ones in charge of taxes. We're not going to have any taxes for Obongo care. We're going to go ahead and shut the government. Oh, by the way, we're going to impeach the nigger here for daring to legitimize all these here beaters. I listen to all this whining. Obongo's going to bring in all these beater anchor babies. I have a question. What is a white man allowing this shit to happen? Yes, the Jew can print up money. Well, only the white man can make it worth anything. If the white man doesn't make it worth anything, then guess what? The Jew can print up all the money or create all the money he wants, but what difference does it make? Sort of like all these, you know, these retards running for president on the Republican side and Democrat side. Okay, let's say, let's say Obongo brings in, what, 50 million more new beaters. Who's going to pay for them? Republicans voted in fast track for Obongo to bring in more Chinese-made shit. Well, guess what? The chase have not sent in nearly as much shit, you know, ever since 2009. Hell, the seas of Long Beach used to be filled with chink shit. <laughs> now the chinks are wondering, why should we take these worthless dollars in response for electronic shit that we create? What good is it? What good is Zog Bucks? What does America create that's worth a shit? Really? How about nothing? Why bother? Why worry about it? That's what gets me. All these people worrying about stupid shit that they can't do a damn thing about. Anyway, I'm having problems with my uh, chat room here. Let's see if it comes in here. Did old Paco come in? Let's see. <laughs> Let's see if I'm able to get this thing. I guess I got my uh, 
chat room running again. Hello, APOC. Uh, old Paco here. He's a, what, a quarter or eighth beaner in Phoenix. Uh, Paco, if you want to call in, you can. Don't really matter. I was trolled by the Bill Wagner crew. I don't know if Linder has really said much of anything. He's he's on Twitter. Linder is on Twitter. He tweets. He tweets and he tweets and he tweets. He tweets racist tweets. Poor old self-loathing Jew boy, he tweets. The rest of the tars, be it a Vargina or whatever, they run wild here. Uh, heck, old corncob. Why... You know, he's trying to get Targe to send him $70,000 so he can, I guess, run something in Antler, North Dakota, although I don't know what the hell he's going to do in Antler, North Dakota. What's he going to accomplish? Hell, he wasn't able to accomplish anything in the least North Dakota. He was able to get people to come up to work there, except for this old Bird Lord, who used to be in Afghanistan, who was separate from PTSD, who he got in trouble. I went and looked about corn cob, and it looks like this mayor of least North Dakota is facing some criminal charges for allowing this fire where he tried to burn down some of the corn cob's hovel down. And the guy's pissing and moaning because the county the county officials don't really like well this ass clown named uh, Gregory or Bruce Pierce from uh, Gregory Pierce from the left coast somewhere coming in who, who needs these stupid assholes from out from out of you know out of the state out of the county either corn cob or Young Unity, North Dakota, ass clowns here. Folks, any of you coming to a strange place, if you're going to show your ass, you're not going to be liked. I don't care if you're a Nazi or you're a liberal waiter. You're not going to be liked if you if you go there and show your ass and tell people how to live their lives here when they've been living there for their entire life here. Why would anybody want to put up with that shit? So, in any case, Uncle Samson, uh, (laughs) let's see, he wanks for the fear here. Well, no. All these people, they don't have a plan. Now, folks, I believe that what's going to happen is that it's all going to fall apart, and yes, it's going to be divided into, like I say, 10,000 warlords. Things will not hold together. Things will fall apart. And everyone will go their own way. Okay, well, hey, we got somebody else. All right, I think it's old Paco. Let's just go ahead and take about a 30-second break, and then I'm going to answer for old Paco here. Hail victory. Hey, 
Trying to unmute you, Arizona. Hold on. Hey, what's up? This is Apocalypse. Hello, Apocalypse. How you doing? I'm doing absolutely fantabulous. <laughs> Are you going to move to Wyoming anytime soon? You know, I decided I'm not going to do the whole Wyoming gig because I don't like the weather. Instead, I'm going to go to Colorado and, and invest in a, a pot device or a pot machine or just something that can make me a lot of money that that says fuck you to the feds you know and also has something to do with pot here you know what i mean you're going to be a you're going to be a pot farmer yeah yeah exactly that's that's always been my dream in life <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna go ahead and use some of your own product no no i mean i'm i firmly believe that weed is for niggers but if I can make money off it and monetize the situation, I'm all for it. Why not here? How's, how's, how's uh, mom, the uh, lawyer, how's she doing? Uh, she's doing great. Uh, you know, just winning cases here and there. My, my dad's also doing great. He, he's a dog catcher, but at least he's making money, you know. I mean, he's not making as much as my mom, but, you know, every, everyone uh, has – Good employment, so that's all that's really important. Well, you should in and go ahead and eat the dogs here. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I mean, good good protein here. Uh, of course, usually, usually, I don't think the younger Indians, certainly not South Dakota, I don't think they eat as much skunk and dog as their great-great-great-grandparents did, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's yeah, very I mean, true. I'm trying to get uh, old Johnson here. Yeah, old Johnson. Okay, the uh, Seattle Jew boy. I still, I still make fun of the pisser possum by saying that pisser possum number five has a little hooked nose here. You know, from Jewstead, from, from Bridget the Idiot. Uh, you know, hooking up in uh, South, you know, Great Bend or South Bend, uh, Washington here when old Jewstead was running around tapping some old Bridget the Idiot. Uh, about a week and a half ago, uh, there was a whole bunch of critters who were engines coming on to Covenant People's Ministry Forum. And then one of them got banned or blocked or something like that here. Uh, a whole bunch of them, you know, see, Visser is ambivalent about his Cherokee uh, heritage. Sometimes he gets drunk and he gloats about it. Sometimes he doesn't here. So... Are you still in contact with Jet and John and uh, the Hungarian Jew boy, Mamser against Tom? You know, I don't even know what happened to Jet and John. It seemed like two years ago they just disappeared. And, you know, they're talking about making this huge media and all this, trying to compete with everyone, and then poof, gone. 
So I don't even know what happened to them. Do you? Not really. Uh, they see Hell Covington. Hell Covington was bitching, and uh, what happened was Mike John got him kicked off because they were trying to make Hell Covington get on to his, uh, you know, get on to Jet John Media. And it was actually the best thing that happened to Harold Covington because by being kicked off of Facebook, uh, when uh, this quarter Jew Michelin named JT Reddy went nuzzoid and killed his uh, his uh, mudshark girlfriend and the, the girlfriend's beaner daughter and the beaner grandbaby and the super figure who was messing with the beaner daughter and then himself, why, uh, hey, uh, it was good that Harold Covington did anything to do with this J.T. Reddy. All Zog did was find out, okay, J.T. Reddy went nuts, Uh We got a call from the guy across the street. We got a call from the other daughter who's, who's, who's flying because J.T. Reddy just killed her mom and her older sister and uh, her little uh, beaneress, you know, uh, grandbaby and her niece here and the boyfriend. And she's freaking out. And what I'm going to say is just simply rope the place off Loaded up, uh, say, a deuce and a half, picked up all the guns except for a few. You know, they gave JT ready to uh, you know, go against the targets. And then they just, uh, you know, that was the end of JT ready. So actually, it's probably for the best. Old Mike John went ahead and snitched out uh, Harold Covington to Facebook here. But you can't tell, you can't tell these people anything here. I think somebody snitched me out to Facebook because I'm having trouble logging in to Facebook some more here. So, eh. Well, you know, Facebook, you know, they, they don't like people with controversial views, so you getting banned eventually, you know, is not surprising. I mean, it's only a matter of time before they ban, you know, anyone who, you know, isn't politically correct, so. Well, I think... I think it's just like a lot of stuff. I mean, people begin to realize is that, hey, what good is Facebook? Uh, you know, it's just U-Book. It's overpriced. It really, you can't really prove to anybody that advertising does anything for anybody. Uh, <laughs> Walmart occasionally advertises, but not that much. Uh, you know, pretty well, they, the newspapers, why they're, you know, they're not working that good. Why, really, really, I don't know if anybody really advertises much of, you know, much of anything or anything anymore here. I remember 10 years ago when I was in the nut house, why uh, they were talking about Smiling Bob, who has confidence because he got the dick and death from this natural male enhancement herbs or something like that. And I was thinking, well, shoot, this is a this is a hell thing to advertise. I mean, essentially having a stiff pecker here. You know what I mean? Okay, well, <laughs> that's nice, but I don't know what it really does for anybody uh, other than you know whoever smiling boob is going to go ahead and mount this small hell this minute here. But in any case, uh, you were telling me that the you know that the V Bolton. Form seems to be pretty well dying. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the yeah. The, they're all dying, and, and that's the thing is that, yeah, you, you know, all the forms are dying. I mean, just 
just look, compare them now to like even five years ago or two years ago. It's all dying. So everyone's migrating elsewhere. That's really all there is to it. I mean, just look at the stats, you know. Well, the noise of old cunt hair walrus, uh, he, he essentially banned me about, oh, he's running around this, you know, uh, character who I call Wiley Hybrid Nigger, a Jack Ryan or something like that. I, you know, and he's running around, he used to, he used to, you know, go ass the mouth of these Sephardic Southern Jews, but now he got a uh, Northern Yankee Jew that he's going ass the mouth with called Julius Daniels. And essentially, oh, he allows me to post just after old Dylan Roof goes in and guns these niggers down. I mean, he passed a new set of laws where he's not going to allow people to post most anything. And essentially, I got banned because I was comparing these nine niggers that got gunned down to these cockroaches I have a you know, problem with in my, uh, in my house I live in here, and by how I flushed down nine or ten cockroaches, and they meant to me about as much as, you know, these niggers here getting gunned down by this Dylan Wilson. He went ahead and blocked that. So occasionally I will go in there, I will be on moderation, and essentially I'm asking old cunt here, look, cunt here, do you actually believe that you are going to get the niggers, you know, in what, Midway, Alabama, in 80, 79% black, the black belt, do you actually believe you're going to get them niggers back to pick the cotton and feed them watermelon and chicken here, and they're all going to love you here, you're going to have your own white nationalist thing here. And pretty well he wasn't hiding because the Dylan Roof and Manifesto was talking about the Council of Conservative Census. Well, old, old Hunt here, old Cut here, he went ahead and married uh, Gordon Bob's daughter. You, know, you did hear about that, right? You, yeah, her, and you know, she, she looks kind of like a, a Mexican, don't you think? Well, old John the nut job, he was being, he was being uh, made fun of by Cut here. So he went ahead and pointed out that uh, his uh, wife from May, uh, said she wasn't racist, why, hey, she was part Indian. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, old uh, John Nutjob said, well, old, uh, old Hunter Wallace, you know, Hunter, you know, Hunter Wallace has married a, uh, has married an engine. Now, she's not really that much engine, but, you know, she's she got a little bit of red nigger in the wood pile, and old Hunter's real proud of it, but a lot, but a lot of Southerners here. I mean... <laughs> You know, I know they made fun of you for being a, you know, being a, what, what are you, a ace beaner or something like that? You yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a little bit beaner. I mean, most people think I'm white, but I mean, if, like, if a real white person comes up to me, they'll be like, yeah, there's something off. Like, that's what I'm talking about her. Maybe me and her are genetically related. Maybe. I mean, hell, maybe, maybe way back when here, why... You know, you're eat, you know, you're eating from the you're eating the same dog you're eating the same dog here from the same litter, you know, out of a, you know <laughs> out of the same pot here, what, three hundred years ago. Who knows? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it's just, you know, probably our great 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 grandfather's chaseful, you know, little engine pussy. So I mean <laughs> can you really fault them for that? I mean No, no, no. I I <sighs> What 
old uh, old Brian Rio here. Uh, he filed another he filed another paper here. He sort of stopped for about a month because well, essentially he's uh, he went ahead and sued me last April, and it went to the Western District of Missouri. And now he's trying to get me held in contempt for not answering his stupid questions, but he won't give me he won't give me uh, essentially any of the initial disclosures to where he has been taking where he took down a whole bunch of my web pages and it is against the law to lie to these what? Three dollar and ninety nine cent a month shared hosting websites or something like that here. Uh, you do know HostGator. HostGator is now owned by the same bunch that owns Bluehost and HostMonster, don't you? You know what I mean? They're owned yeah, by Jews. Yeah. They're owned by Jews. Of course. And what happens is that, uh, oh, paradoxically, uh, occasionally I will talk to Kane the uh, Merciless, a.k.a. Daryl Bassarab, although I probably won't talk as much because I'm going to have to give him my different that give me a different Facebook thing. I, I was wondering if Facebook was going after about everybody, and then I found out that my Dick Relton account wasn't being harassed. You know what I mean? And Roxy's account wasn't being harassed. So essentially, somebody snitched me out here, so Pastor Winsfield's under attack, my Jew book. But anyway, I talked to him, and last year, last year or about six months ago, they took down... All their posts from 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009, because they didn't want to migrate from Bluehost. And so as a result, what's paradoxically is that Kane or Daryl Bassarab has done a better job of keeping up the archives than Four Fag Seeds did. They used to bitch about Hunter Wallace taking down taking down his web pages all the time. Well, he he does that. I mean, last October, there was a big stink, and he was about to get some traction. And the same way with this here, he's he's responding to a few things, but he's, uh, oh, this this Dylan, you know, Roof character talking about the Council of Conservative Systems, uh, telling about nigger violence. I mean, it sort of freaked out the uh, Council of Conservative Systems. I mean, Hunter is not... Hunter is not really rather hard bit, you know what I mean? He's just somebody who wants to write some educational shit, you know, and think he's really smart here. And what really pissed me off was he was comparing, you know, uh, James Bond Braun and Trader Glenn Miller and this gook who went ahead and murdered a whole bunch of people at Virginia Tech back in 2007, and he was he was writing a stupid article about people, and he was blaming, he was blaming the bowel movement on what the stupid gook did in 2007. What the fuck does that have to do with anything, Hunter? You know what I mean? Quit whining, like, you know, quit whining that niggers have souls, that it's a gift, that it's immoral to gun down niggers in this church wherein, you know, this particular church was founded by this nigger who plotted to kill white people way back in 1822. Did you know that? Absolutely. Yeah. So, hey, you know, here's this nigger. This church was founded by a nigger who's plotting to kill white people. For the sheer fact, they were white people. 
And so now you're bitching that some white guy decides to gun down some niggers, you know, at church, and he does it. I mean, initially I thought he was an assassin, and then I thought he was a, you know, he was a schizoid. And then when it turns out that he's Dylan Roof and he's written this manifesto, which is not really anything you couldn't see on BNN or Sperm Fart or Council of Kosher Conservatism. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, he's not, he's just simply a 21-year-old kid who doesn't have much of a life. You know, his stupid sister, his stupid sister, why she's going to marry some, uh, some sort of model who's in the army and, she doesn't want her little brother around, you know, for her wedding. And her stepmom is saying, oh, what the son he did was evil, and his uncle's denouncing him. I mean, hell, he's being denounced by his own damn family. And so, hmm. why in the world should I denounce Dylan Roof? I don't really give a shit, you know, how many niggers he got down. Do you? I just don't even know if it even happened because, you know, I don't see any bodies. I don't, I wasn't there. You know, it just seems like all, all the politicians ran in to take away everyone else's rights once it happened. They didn't really care about the trash. never, this, this thing that happened in Newtown, Connecticut, or at Aurora, Colorado, or whatever, uh, I remember back in 2000, I went ahead and wrote an article about, hey, look, white man, they're they're taking the Confederate flags off the state capitals. Well, hey, you know, I mean, essentially these, I call them immigrants, and I got denounced by Pat McKenna for racism. You know, as a form party candidate. I mean, hey, back then they were, you know, they were plotting in 2000 to take down the Confederate flag off the, you know, top of the state capitals. You know, they were plotting. They're plotting to institute registration of guns, which is the first step in taking away guns, contrary to the Second Amendment of the Bill of Goods. I mean, they were, you know, they were plotting the same shit. It doesn't really matter what the hell happens. They always plot the same shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Nothing's yeah. new. Nothing's new. So as a result, we shouldn't bitch. We shouldn't bitch about the inevitable. Uh, you know, hey, so, you know, the niggers believe the niggers believe that they have a right to make the white man work for them and feed them and give them well, give them you know welfare or whatever. And over the last year or two, why, hey, nigger criminals get all huffy when white pigs go ahead and gun them down. Well. Hey, he's in the same, you know, this Dylan Wolf is in the same, next door to this lot peg who went ahead and gunned down this nigger in North Charleston, what, six months ago, right? Yes. Yeah, so, hey, niggers have not changed. Niggers, you know, believe the white man owes them a living. And increasingly, just like in the Supreme Court, why, you know, I mean, you know, this, this Watt Scalia is right here. You ought to call, instead of calling Obama care, you ought to call SCOTUS care. Because essentially, John Roberts has rewritten, rewritten what Congress says. It's not a penalty, why it's a tax. 
And oh yeah, I know what said that the states were you know states were voluntarily set up exchanges, but no, 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 that doesn't mean anything. And then the question is, is who's going to pay for it? You know, I mean, you have a trick. You have trick. You have had nothing but trillion dollar deficit. Sometimes a trillion and a half that they're counting every year. So essentially, all they're doing is just printing up money or printing up ones and zeros, and they're just sitting around. There's no, there's no point to any of this stuff. So who's going to pay for it? How are people, you know, how is this going to end up well? The answer is it's not, is it? Hey, Mark, let me ask you, let me person, ask yes. you a personal question about Obamacare. Uh, are you going to sign up for anything? Are you going to just not pay anything and see how that goes? Or what are your plans? Well, what you do, what you do is that for all practical purposes, you know, that's the one other thing I was wondering. I mean, shoot, they can only they can only go after you uh, by essentially saying that you have to pay, what, 2% or $2,000 or something like that. Well, what happens if people decide they're not going to file income taxes? What well, they decide they're not going, I mean, they're not going to bother uh, responding. I mean, you see, you see all the time tax masters pay 10% of what, they, what the IRS claims they owe you. I mean, ever since 1991, you know, in Cheek versus IRS, it has been a has been a staple to where they can't criminally convict you if you believe you don't have a constitutional duty to report how much money you have. What happens when people decide they're not going to report how much money they got, or they're not going to report it all, or they're not going to sign their taxes, or they're, you know, they're, you know, they're not going to pay it, or they don't have the money to pay it? How the hell is any of this shit sustainable? Oh, it's not. It's, it's going to get pretty nasty. It's going to get really nasty. It's going to get really nasty here, and that's what gets me of all these damn niggers why they're hating on the only people stupid enough to feed the bastards. You know what I mean? I, that's why I was saying the wild goose here. He was yapping about fertilizer bombs and all this shit. You don't need to have fertilizer bombs. I mean, I've never seen a nigger yet who's able to run an AK-47 ammunition factory or a or a, uh, you know, AR-15 ammunition factory or any ammunition factory. You know, much less nuclear weapons or biological weapons or anything like that. I mean, niggers are pretty damn stupid. You know, even the ones which have a bit of white in them. They're, they're chaotic. They're, you know, you, you go to, say, the projects here, you know, these niggers get beyond, what, the age of 50, about half of them are in wheelchairs. They don't have any legs because they got diabetes. They have their legs cut off here. You know what I mean? They're essentially a bunch of sick niggers. And if you're a truck driver, you realize how easy it is to stop supplies of food to, say, Chicago or certainly New York City or any other place, right? Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. You know, it's sort, of like, it's sort of like the city council meeting here. You know, I, I was being yelled at, and they went ahead and, you know, I wanted to be on the pig life board to give this piece of shit a hard time. And while I was out, while I was out talking to this young couple, 
here they were yapping about how they want young families to move to Granby. So here is a, you know, here is a stable young man and his wife, and she, they have seven kids. Essentially, they want to move their trailer house to Granby. Well, guess what? Well, we just passed the law last year. The trailer house has to be only five years old. And so I got up and says, hey, a decade ago, I got thrown in jail because Roxy's niece wanted to put a trailer house and she tore apart my chicken house. I said, hey, you tear apart my chicken house, you're not going to be able to move this trailer in because I'm not giving you permission to. And I got thrown in jail because these people didn't, you know, these people didn't obey your own law. So you're damn... Your damn little ordinances aren't sacred. You don't keep them. You don't obey them. And I'm going to, I'm going to have you escorted out. And so, hey, you're no different than the other idiot mayor who, you know, uh, got mad because some Jew boy got all mad because uh, I said, good thing Grammy is so poor that niggers and meaners can't afford to move here. <laughs> Any case, these people do not respect property rights. But here it is. Here they have the chance. For a married white couple, young white couple, you know, and the young man has a fairly good job, but he can't afford a brand-new trailer house with seven kids. You know what I mean? But here they are. Here they are. They're going to go ahead and stupid mayor, you know, two of the city council critters say, well, maybe we ought to revisit. We ought to revisit this ordinance. And I'm telling them, they say, hey, of course you need to revisit. Just do away with it. Since when do you get to tell people how to run their own property? And the answer is, especially when you don't obey your own damn laws. Well, anyway, they decide, you know, you know, two want to revisit the ordinance, two do not. And so the mayor goes ahead and says, I view we do not revisit. So guess what? Granby is not going to have a young white couple with seven white children moving their seven-year-old trailer house, double-wide trailer house, into Granby. Now, they'll have, what, 40-year-old trailer houses. They'll have real pieces of shit, you know, which, you know, which I bought. But no, they ain't going to allow a white couple with children to move into Granby. So in short, you know, Granby is going to be a town full of ne'er-do-wells and dope dealers and Anglo mestizos and the rest here. And Granby isn't going to amount to shit here because this idiot views his bogus bullshit as being far more important than actual human beings who will go ahead and help make Granby something. And then the whole place is, you know, is filled with a whole bunch of old farts who have all this substandard housing, and they're renting out to people who skip town without paying their water, sewer, and gas bills. You know what I mean? Yeah. And essentially, they're bitching because he's, you know, he's saying, is that, hey, we're $40,000. You know, now that I found, now that I fired the incompetent clerk, we're $40,000 behind on our utility bills. And I said, well, hey, that young couple which were wanting to move a trailer house in, you know, they would pay the water, sewer, and gas bill. Hey, the same thing. Hey, the same thing. I said, of course, the Roxy feels the same thing. 
know, hey, look, Nit, you know, look, Nitwit, what you've done is that you have advanced shiftless ne'er-do-wells who are going to leave there, and here you have the people who voted for you who want to rent things out, and they're not too careful about who the hell they rent to, and if they run off and don't pay the gas and water bills, why, they're pissing you because you're talking about making them pay for it. And that's why you end up having about, you know, the whole place is filled with about 20 landlords. You know what I mean? We're pissed off at you, and what you've done is you just simply kicked out somebody who is going to pay their gas, water, and sewer bill. You know what I mean? But you didn't want moving in because they had, you know, they had a trailer house which was two years older than your your damn five-year-old thing here. So anyway, I was, I was trying to tell I was trying to tell this couple that I'd help them, you know, file a federal lawsuit against City of Granby and, you know, do away with that stupid bullshit. But hey, this guy probably doesn't want to do it. I mean, shit, there's plenty of towns. There's plenty of towns and other places where you can buy property. He can buy property and essentially, you know, set things up here from where around he has a job. You know what I mean? Well, let me ask you, what what has stopped you from like selling your properties, all that crap down there, and just going up to the Dakotas with your ancestors and all that? Well, the answer is is that hey, I have a whole bunch of properties here. Mm-hmm. I always hope that my grandchildren will come back because they knew where I live in Granby. And second of all, second of all, uh, you know, Washi doesn't want to go up to South Dakota. You gotta understand. You gotta understand is that you remember when corn cob was, you know, corn cob was running around. He was giving out properties. Anybody came in. You know how many people came to go to the Lone Prairie and West River, North or South Dakota? None. West. Oh. (laughs) None. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, I know, I know what it's like to live in West River. South Dakota is probably even colder than North Dakota. I mean, North Dakota is closer to Canada, has more trees. But, you know, and I see more trees than you wouldn't say South, Western River, South Dakota. But, you know, people who live there in a 30 mile town, they have a whole bunch of jobs. They work far harder than people in Southwest Missouri. It's a whole lot cheaper than Southwest Missouri. It's a whole lot. Uh, it's a whole lot easier to live in southwest Missouri. You, know, you don't have the blizzards. You don't have the rest of the stuff here. So as a result, you know, my brother, I think he just got back here. He killed my mother, and you know, I'm suing him. But in any case, yeah, I guess I could. But the thing is, is that I don't really want to. You know what I mean? Oh, oh okay. I, I didn't know I yet. Mean, I don't really. I, it, it's cheaper to live amongst the Anglo mestizos. Now, <laughs> If it gets if it gets bad, might do that here. You do. Not, I don't know if you know this, but I bought a uh, I bought a church, you know, up around Kansas City in the Missouri River Valley. Did you know that? No, huh? I bought a big, huge church, uh, and someone asked me how much I was rent for. I said four hundred dollars a month, or how much you sell for. I said thirty thousand. You know what I mean? And pretty well, I got it relatively cheap. But then again, my sister owed me a bunch of money. You know, that's what you know. That's what Barrett happened it was. So, you know, I you know, Roxy is 
talking about having her fat friend Jane come down to visit her so I can take a day or so off, go up to, you know, go up to Kansas City, and, you know, hey, uh, that would be a, probably a perfect place uh, to rent out to the NFM or whatever else here because it's, what, within 50 miles of, uh, well, within 50 miles of the Kansas City International Airport. You know what I mean? You save, you know, it's an international airport. It's, what, 40 miles or so from from downtown Kansas City? Uh, essentially, it's of, a, it's of a dying town. It's of a dying town of less than, what, 500 people, but the county seat is about 15 miles away. It has a Walmart, has a Taco Bell, it has a Kentucky Fried Chicken. I think it has a Long John Silver's and Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh Essentially, it has all the amenities that you can want. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, but, uh, so hey. How much money are you going to make off this, are you predicting? I haven't really made any of it because, hey, I've had to oh. take care of Roxy, and I, I don't want the Southern Poverty Law Center. Essentially, tell a bunch of Truth Avenue niggers here, you have a white supremacist here, and have them burn down my damn church here. I mean, uh <laughs> I don't want a nigger Dylan Roofs here coming, you know, and plugging me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, no. But seriously, seriously, I mean, I, I bought it because my sister had bought it. Uh, and uh, essentially she owed me a bunch of money, and she says, I can't take care of it in, take care of it in, uh, you know, 1,200 miles away living in Florida. I said, well, I'll buy it. You know what I mean? And I might resell it. I'd, I'd gladly resell it for $30,000. Uh, wouldn't make any, you know, wouldn't really make anything on it, but I'd be glad enough to sell it for 30000 which is not too much. I mean, it's a huge church. I mean, it takes Pretty well, you know, you know how a block is here? Well, if you divide it up into four, you know, in, you know, divide a city block into fourths, you know, I mean, it takes, you know, I mean, what is that thing? It's about, oh, 30 feet wide and 60 foot long or so. I mean, it's huge. You know what I mean? It's a huge old, you know, formerly a Baptist church here. It's a huge church. As a has a basement, has a baptismal, has two water heaters. It has, it's got 11 of the 20 pews left here. It essentially is, uh, it's huge. You know what I mean? You know, it's it's a very big building. You know what I mean? How many many acres is it on? Oh, I'd say, you know, I'd say it's, on well, I not only own that here. I own what used to be the post office, but I think it was an IRS lien on it. And then it, you know, there's another, there's another vacant lot which they used to have something on it. They tore it down. Uh, it used to be a river. It used to be a riverboat town, and the river moved. The river moved. You know, changed channels, and so you have some of the best agricultural land in the world. And you have it on a little bit of a rise, and the other thing is you have you have the Kansas City Southern Railroad. I mean, shoot, you have, you have two or three tracks here. You know how you have one track normally? Well, it has 
two, maybe three tracks uh, going through there. A train goes by every half hour. You know what I mean? But what they, what my sister and her husband, and, you know, his daughter did, is he had about ten, twelve rooms in there, in addition to the big old huge room on the bottom with the kitchen, and then the huge one here with the pews and the rest on the top floor. And he had about ten, twelve of these uh, old Sunday school rooms. And what they did is they took, you know, three bathrooms and. Uh, that's a baptismal, but they went ahead and bought a tub, and they took two rooms, and they bought, you know, the styrofoam with the mylar on it? They went ahead and bought that, and they got to where you could heat it with a candle and cool it with an ice cube. And essentially, that's what they lived in, certainly during the winter. You know what I mean? So it is, it's a huge building. It's a huge building. And for my gather. They put fifty, sixty thousand dollars in it, and then all the old Baptists croaked off, so they sold it. Uh, they were going to sell it to a uh, auction house for fifty thousand dollars, and then they had a bunch of criminals, so they went ahead and sold it to my sister for oh, oh, a little bit more than half of that here. So essentially, they sold it to her for twenty-five thousand or so. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, you know, so anyway, you know, I went ahead and my sister owed me a bunch of money. So, you know, and, you know, pretty well, you know, her first husband didn't want to, you know, her to pay me back here. And essentially he's dead, so now her second husband doesn't mind her paying me back, especially if they can't go ahead and keep it. So I would sell it for what I got in it for around 30000 You know what I mean? But, if I was able to stay up there, I mean, you could really make it into something. You really could make it into, a, say, a, like a monastery. You could make it into a shelter. It has all these rooms here. You know what I mean? You know, a common cool. kitchen and three bathrooms, although warm, the toilet is uh, essentially uh, needs to have a new seal or something like that. And... Uh, Hey, uh, the lights, to keep the lights on, cost, oh, $30, $31 a month. And, uh, well, hey, uh, I have a, you know, I'm in their church building. So, any case here, uh, if I'm able to go up there maybe once a month, I might let people know where it is. And uh, you'll have some people up there looking at here. Um, they're saying, well, a white supremacist owns it. I said, well, so what's a white supremacist going to do with a big asshole church in a, di- in a dying and dead town? Nothing. It ain't like I'm going to move a bunch of Somalians or beaners or anything like that into it. I mean, it's a quiet town. And pretty well, it just has a whole bunch of old farts. And after 9 o'clock, they all go to their house and watch their TV on their antenna from Kansas City. You know what I mean? I don't believe it has cable TV. You know what I mean? But I doubt it's cable TV. But on the other end, you have Kansas City, and you have about, what, 20, 30 stations there you can pick up on antenna. You know what I mean? So So here I am re-engineering the show. And I'm going to take a music break right now. Hail Victory.
skull, you know, they all, you, you can see their skulls, you know, because they get to where they're taking that meth here, their teeth rot out, and they're, 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 they don't have time to eat. They're too busy tweaking, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember this fat little girl here, one of the Ottendorf girls here. Uh, you know, her daddy used to molest her all the time, but essentially she was a fat little girl, and then what happened is she got on the mess and she became sort of like Ms. Skeletor, sort of like Maria Shriver, you know what I mean? Or, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, you see old Arnold? You see old Arnold here, the big old, you know, daddy was a Nazi in the SS here, and he goes ahead and marries Maria Shriver, and she starts looking like Miss Skeletor. It was sort of like he was sucking her female essence out on his Aryan, you know, uh, Terminator Packer, you know what I mean? Did you ever see you know, Maria Shriver here? After she married, she looks like Miss Skeletor. Oh, oh, yeah, I saw that. Oh, Arnold's wife here. It looks like oh, oh Arnold. Oh, Arnold went ahead and sucked out her female juices, you know, through this Aryan Nazi pecker here. You know what I mean? Just slurped her up. And she was going to divorce his ass, or maybe she did here when found out he was fucking this ugly beer bitch here and having a, you know, having a little mongrel, uh, ugly-looking mongrel baby buyer. Yeah, I don't know, this was a couple of years ago, remember? Uh, you know, after he was on his last term as governor of California. So uh, Maria Shriver, I call her Ms. Skeletor. You know, because that, that's what she looks like here. So you have a bunch of skull cores or something like that. By the way, the old Jeremy Visser here, the Pisser Possum, uh, back in 2008, 2009, he was really getting into the math here. And he did a bunch of YouTube videos, and you could tell he was uh, taking the math. So he went ahead and took them all down here. So now I show pictures of him from 2010 when he looks like an obvious Indian. And... <laughs> Called Geronimo Pisser here. So, in any case, uh, in any case, why, uh, oh, I sent out, uh, I'm naming John Britton as one of my, uh, did you know John Britton sort of turned on me? Yeah, I heard, uh, I think you've told me previously that I guess his stepson or someone called in and yeah, Oh, Cody called down on January 15th, 2014. And from my girl, John Britton had, uh, John Britton had told him he wasn't going to acknowledge him. So here's John Britton and his, uh, his criminal nephew, Jeff. And they're trolling like crazy. Then old Cody calls in and John Britton <laughs> recognized him. And then, then what happens is that you remember old Breckenridge Elkins, uh, a about a couple weeks later, tells me that John Britton told him not only did he have three sons, Cody, Cody's lawyer brother who lives in Alaska, and another boy who lives in New England, but he now he he had six daughters, not to count the five you know in Idaho, he had another daughter. So that means he has four wives, and let me see, six daughters and three sons. And essentially, John Britton just freaks out. So he calls me on February 17th. He threatened me with death threats and all this sort of thing. And uh, what what happened is that I had 
Uh, Brian Real had a homosexual crush on him, just like he did old Victor Switzer. You know, this this other character who, uh, his grandfather was an Indian, too, a full-blood Choctaw from Pine Bluff, Arkansas. So anyway, you know, he decides to blame Brian Real for interfering in his lawsuit. Brian Real did interfere with his lawsuit. And one of the things he's accusing me is that, oh, John Britton's lawyer sent a, uh, essentially, you know, came up with a LexisNexis file and gave a copy to me, but he also gave a copy to this idiot named Russ Walker. Russ Walker sent to Brian Rio and about 35 others on his retard list. And uh, Brian Rio is deliberately claiming that I was the one who sent sent that out. So he's lying. He's lying on his, uh, oh, Brian Rio has my whole bunch of these damn lawsuits. And he got, what, now he's up to 22 in Lake County, Ohio. Uh and one of his 18 got, 17 of his 18 got dismissed, so he filed another two or three or four or five uh, recently. But in any case, uh, he was interfering. He was interfering in John Britton's lawsuit. He, uh, he went ahead and wrote an affidavit about how John Britton was the nephew of Newman Britton, and he's a racist in Aryan nations, blah, 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 blah. And here comes old Sweaty Eddie, and he says, look, I don't really give a shit about who John Britton's nephew is a nephew of. Uh, we're going to have this, we're going to have this Rolls Royce case decided on the basis of the merits. And John Britton, you know, I mean, you know, he pushes out, that boy real cost me $100,000. No, he didn't. You know, Sweaty Eddie, you know, he's a piece of shit, but he went ahead and ruled according to law here. You know, why don't you go ahead? You're, you've been bitching. You know, this case has been about nine years old. You know, nine years old. Time to just take it to trial and collect as much as you can collect because it's going to be on the merits. So, so whether a drunken machinist hogged out too much of that. But anyway, John Brittany puts it out, and he wanted to sell for 50000 So the lawyers got together and they decided 330000 and John Britton was supposed to get two-thirds of it. Instead, he only ended up getting one-third of it. But they allowed Cousin Ray, the lawyer, to draft a thing to where Brian Rio did the same shit that he did with Upstanding Citizens, you know, and impersonated John Britton. Why? John Britton would have to pay the entire 330000 So we fought for about nine months, and I drafted motion after motion after motion. They know damn well I'm drafting motions. And, you know, that's part of the reason that Brian Rio took down the, you know, the first movement turn. But anyway, finally they sit together and the magistrate judge tells John Britton that they intend to screw him, but essentially because of the movement turn and my web pages, they decide they couldn't screw him here. So essentially they redrafted the arrangement. John Britton got $110,000 and $330,000 here. He got more than 50000 so what happens is John Britton, we, we go ahead and agree with Buck McHugh. We tell Buck McHugh is that the judge says, you know, he had to take it or he'd be thrown in jail, which wasn't altogether, you know. Essentially, we went and told Buck McHugh a different story. You know, we, we told him that John Britton had to take it. I said, look, John, go ahead and get the 110000 Go ahead and you know, go ahead and spend it on, you know, on property or whatever as best you can, and we'll go ahead and get the other 110000 from your crooked-ass lawyers here. 
And so he goes ahead and he runs through the 110,000 in less than five months. And this was in 2012. And this is when Corn Cobb has bought all this property and leaf. And I said, look, you know, uh, you, know you had this thing screwed up. You, your third daughter uh, beat the shit out of you, just like the second daughter did. And she jumped through a window, and then she beat up a Emmett, Idaho pig. And essentially, the lawyers were taking advantage of that. And you're having a problem with your wife spending all your damn money and your third daughter wanting to screw beaners. Why don't you buy? Why don't you buy for just a hundred, you know, for ten thousand dollars? Why don't you just simply buy, you know, a number of houses in West River, South Dakota, or West River, North Dakota? Buy them cheap, and essentially, when they're out in the Lone Prairie, you know, you're away. You won't have anything to spend your money on. You know what I mean? And your daughter won't have any beaters to screw. You know what I mean? And he wouldn't do that. He just wouldn't do that. And about that time, I bought this house I'm sitting in now. This is Roxy's mother's house. And essentially, I paid twelve. I paid twelve thousand. Roxy kicked in her share of two thousand. I said, "You can buy a bunch of places in Eastern Newton County for about twenty, thirty thousand here. Uh, same thing here." And no, he wouldn't do it. But he went through the hundred ten thousand dollars like like crazy here. And so I told him he was just like a, you know, I told him he was just like a damn pine ridge Indian the way he went through money. And he was all mad. He was all mad about that shit here. But hey, uh, you know, he was wanting to sell for fifty thousand, and uh, he didn't pay attention to what that judge said. That judge said they intend to screw him, but. You know, they didn't screw them because of the commotion that I made on my webpage and on the movement turd. You know what I mean? And so old Tonto wasn't grateful. So anyway, oh, uh, what happens is that Buck McHugh, this was after the uh, the pressure cooker bomber in, in Boston here, and I'm looking at my... I'm looking at my uh, sock puppet book, and I found out that Buck McHugh had told me everything about Brian Rio except for his real name and where he actually lived. Told me all about where he went to college. So I figured out Buck McHugh was using me as a, you know, as a cat's paw because he has a problem with uh, Brian Rio. And I call, you know, call him up here, and I chew on his ass, you know, Buck McHugh. And then John Britton gets in, and, you know, John Brent says he's gonna call me, but he doesn't. But anyway, you know, uh, you know, Buck McHugh says, "Well, you promised to sue Brian Rail." I said, "Why don't you sue him?" Well, you work with a Jew who screwed me over here. I said, "Why don't you sue? Why don't you sue Brian Rail? You've been acting, you know, you've been treating me like a damn cat's paw." So, uh, in any case, I think Buck McHugh goes ahead and he feeds me information in this chat room about what Brian Reel's up to, but I, I looked and said that Brian Reel admits that he's using Buck McHugh as a cat's paw, too. So, in any case, that's that's where this lawsuit is heading, and Brian Reel filed another stupid motion. Uh, you now, he's trying to... He doesn't have a case, and what I, what I did is I countersued him, and, you know, pretty well I'm suing... You know, I'm suing John Britton, but I, I told John, I'm telling John Britton now here, is that you won't, you know, you won't be in trouble as long as you tell the truth. But if you're, 
if you're going ahead and going ass to mouth with Brian Rio, you know, I'm going to go ahead and nail your damn hide to the wall. So, in any case, uh, you know, I'm thinking, you know, from what I gather, uh, I do know Fink and Eli James were conspiring to take down my webpage. I'm going to try to send Fink and Eli James and Meerkat Mark Downey and maybe Clint Downey in jail. Uh, I'm not sure if Clint, Clifton Emheiser is responsible for that. I don't really want to send the picture possum to jail. I mean, I'm hoping the goofy bastard will, uh, well, I'm hoping the goofy bastard will just go ahead and become a pet, you know, a Pentecostal pisser possum. You know what I mean? Get out of the goddamn street. There you go. Yeah, that's what I, now, okay, so are you in uh, Visser Allied right now, or at least? No, 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 no. See, the thing about it is, is that I've never really, (laughs) I've never really hated the pisser possum here. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, sometimes he hates me, but, you know, I mean, to me, really, 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 when I, when I, you know, this Clifton Emheiser, this Eli James, this Bill Fink, they came in and essentially at the very end of it, at the very end of the day, all they are is just a bunch of papist, preterist, no devil, Jew boys. That's all they are. They're trying to change Christian identity. They're not succeeding. All they have is just a bunch of mongols. And, you know, all this sort of crap doesn't accomplish anything. You know, but I believe Brian Reel is an anti-racist fact. Anyway, Jeremy Visser has never really been particularly dangerous to Christian identity or real Christian identity. I mean, shit, look at him. He's a, he's a red-skinned, he's a red-skinned, uh, 25% Cherokee, LOL, one of it. I mean, he's an obvious dope user. I mean, he's just, you know, he's just simply and, you know, he's sort of pathetic, really. Uh, I don't consider him too dangerous. Now, I am, I am suing him, but same way with John Britton here. As long as he tells the truth, why he shouldn't have any problem with me. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you know, I, I think he. I think he did sort of plot to take down my web pages, but you know, being a pisser possum, he's not very he's not very smart here. He's not very good. And besides, he's told me a lot of shit about Dan Johns and a bunch of other critters here. You know, told me about Dan Johns being an Ashkenazi. Well, I thought I was an Ashkenazi margin. Uh, you know, we lost Cherokee, what have you here. Uh, his uh, son, legal manager Jeremiah Johns. Well, I am going to try to send to prison. Uh, for working with Brian Rio, take down my webpage. Uh, the critter has Crohn's disease pretty bad. For my Garrett Dan John's little mongrel Jew uh, grandbaby has, you know, got an intestinal blockage. I mean, he just really got, you know, these Jews, you know, they get that Crohn's. They get that Crohn's in them to where, hey, their old guts is all messed up. Sort of like Linder. I mean, Linder's a Jew boy, and I think it's hilarious because that Jew boy's Jew asshole is essentially in rebellion against, well, another Jew asshole. (laughs) Crows is what an Ashkenazi Jew boy's asshole uh, rebels about being connected to an Ashkenazi Jew boy, you know, an Ashkenazi Jew boy asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that my size with you? I mean... What's hilarious, what's hilarious, and thanks in part to you, Nick, here, he, uh, he had a hilarious uh, 
movement turd thing with Andre the Nigger issue here, essentially. And Andre the Nigger, Andre the Nigger says, let's get this party started. Essentially, Andre the Nigger has gone profag and essentially, uh, you know, it has it has all these goop massage parlors or whatever, and it's hilarious. And here's Andre the Nigger. He does an interview, and these people are doing their homework, and they're saying, well, everyone in the movement thinks you're a Negro. Well, he is a Negro. You know what I mean? You know, he, you know, I mean, he looks like a nigger. You know what I mean? And he'll show, he'll show his figure daddy, but he won't show a picture of his mother. You know what I mean? Yeah. So last week I went ahead and took a picture because he was he was gloating about this here little uh you know I don't know if you've seen these national geographics here where you have these little thirteen year old uh blue gummed Ethiopian niggers here, these little cone tit you know, these little negresses have these cone titties, you know what I mean? You know, with really dark nipples. I mean essentially, you know, little Ethiopian, you know, blue gum negresses with cone titties, you know what I mean? So uh, I said that was Andre the Nigger's uh, <laughs> grandmother on the maternal side, <laughs> who, 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 uh, who got to who, who was part of the Rio Rio uh, sex cry, you know, found you know found in the uh, see Andre the Nigger is from uh, is from Ohio, so essentially uh, uh, you, you know. <laughs> Bonner, Bonner as a used sex surrogate here in 1959 here or something like that. So I said that oh, Andre the Nigger had, you know, old Dylan, Dylan Storm Roof had killed Andre the Nigger's <laughs> maternal grandmother, you know, little, the cone kitty in Ethiopian from Mercy. Uh, essentially, old Carolyn Yenta found this picture of old Andre the Nigger who's lusting after this here little... Ethiopian tone-titted one here, about 12 or 13 here, you know what I mean? You know, right when they first developed titties here, and, you know, this little Ethiopian negress had tone titties, you know what I mean? Oh. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, perfect cone titties, what? you know what I mean? Why? Why? Why are we talking about niggers with cone titties? That's gross, man. Because, you know, I, I, I went ahead and said that was Andre the nigger's maternal grandmother. <laughs> There's something really like, if you're white, you have to look it. I mean, you, you can't just claim white and then something's really well, weird. But that's what Brian Reel's bitching about. He's claiming that I insulted his racial heritage. Well, what the fuck you talking about? I mean, how the hell is that? A digital millennium copyright violation here. I'm just gonna show a picture and you don't look white. You know, you're bitching and pissing and moaning that I've wronged you by showing me you're not white. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean essentially you know, essentially he don't have he don't have a case, not under the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Because you know, way back in November two thousand ten I I found a Facebook public profile. You know, I went in, found out his real name, found his Facebook public profile, and hey, published it. And he went in, filed a takedown notice. I filed a counter notice. He, he said he wasn't going to file it. He's called me a convicted child molester. He's reprinted that and then took it down. So he doesn't have a libel suit here. 
And then third of all, uh, you know, under a under a recent case, you can't claim you know, what emotional damages or digital millennium copyright act. So essentially, Brian Rear doesn't have a case. He never did. You know what I mean? Now, yeah. I'm doing, I don't I'm think I've ever had a case. I'm I'm countersuing him, you know, Bill Fink, Eli James, Clifton Amheiser, uh, oh, Dan Jobs, Dan Jobs, son, legal member, uh, you know, uh, Meerkat Mark and Clint Downey, and I'm suing them not because they're Mongols, not because they're doing that, but because they have criminally conspired to violate my First Amendment rights by taking down my chill, engaged in a criminal conspiracy to use the Digital Land Copyright Act to take down my web pages. You know what I mean? So I want I want them to be put in I want them to be put in prison for essentially conspiring and filling out under penalty of perjury uh, you know, these bogus you know, these bogus takedown notices here. You know, I mean Brian Real, you know, has gotten away with you know, essentially lying to a bunch of uh Oh, abuse clerks at this, what, $2.99 a month wet, cheap web hosting I used to have. But, hey, you know, he has, you know, he has violated my constitutional rights under color of law. And the color of law is the Division One Copyright Act. I want him, his daddy, and the rest of them put in prison if that is indeed what they have done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway... As far as Andre the Nigger, I mean, shit, if you're not white, you know, what the, yeah, I mean, you should just look at him. He looks like a nigger. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not white, and, you know, here he is. I mean, old Carolyn Yenta, seen this picture where he's lusting on this 13-year-old blue gum Negro with cone titties. You know what I mean? From Mercy, you know, Ethiopia. <laughs> I mean, you know, if he wouldn't been if he wouldn't been publicly lusting on the, the cone kitted one, why well, hey, he wouldn't be in this problem, now would he? You know what I mean? Of course. But what was hilarious what was hilarious is that this reporter has looked around and maybe gone over to my web page and essentially nobody thinks Andre the Nigger is white. You know what I mean? Because he ain't. Right? But I'll give him this. He does put out good news articles, but other than that, you know, I don't know. Well, I don't know if he's, you know, it's sort of like Bill Fink. Way back, you know, way back when he first came out, he claimed that Adolf Hitler was the Archangel Michael. You know what I mean? <laughs> he didn't know who Simon Magus was. Well, guess what? If you supposedly translated the Bible, you should know who Simon Magus was. He's mentioned in the Book of Acts. Which means you did translate the Bible. I don't think Andre the Nigger has written most of these articles. I think they're written, you know, just like Trader Glenn Miller. I don't know if you've seen what Trader Glenn Miller wrote on Four Bag Thieves or uh, BNN, but you know, you go ahead and look at his book, A White Man Squeaks Out. Totally different writing style than what he posts on BNN and uh, you know, over on you know Four Bag Thieves here. You know what I mean? You, know, you you used to see my writing style on your forum, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you haven't. Was, any, was there any doubt? Was there any doubt if I use a sock puppet that it was me who wrote this? You know, wrote this stuff here. You know what I mean? Well, 
Well, if you're using that writing style, you know, it's pretty obvious it's you, so. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I read people, you know, from the 90s said, well, shoot, I looked at your editor, you know, layer to the editor, I knew it was you, even when I went down, you know, three paragraphs down and seen the name, you know what I mean? And yeah, well, it's you. You know what I mean? My writing style is rather unique here. Trader Glenn Miller, you know, Trader Glenn Miller's writing style in his book, so-called book, it was ghost-ridden by some Jew, you know, to bring him back into the bowel movement. What he writes, what he writes on VNN is totally different than what he wrote in this book here. Same way, same way with Bill Fink. He doesn't know how to speak or what, you know, read Greek. You know, he is, you know, you know what he wrote is all the Jared Bogus, but I believe the same thing is on the Daily Spermer. I believe that it's not him that's writing it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I believe it's probably some Jews who are writing it. Okay. Okay? So, anything else here? Uh, Anything else you want to cover? Oh, you know, I think that's about it. I think I might have wrestled the the jimmies of some of the people in the chat room. They seem to get... They seem to get pretty mad. I, you know, I'm just trying to have a little bit of fun. They no, just, they, they're, they're nimbus. They're nimbus retards. <laughs> I mean, shoot. Five oh. years ago, five years ago, one of these nimbus retards said, you do Martin, no Martin. This was when I only had one show. You know, so this was before October 2010. You do know, Martin, is that your show is a high, you know, your talk show show, the movement turd, is the high point of my week. And I told him, in which case, I said, you're fucked up then. You know what I mean? If my show is the high point of your life, you have one hell pathetic fucked up life. Right? Yeah. So, you know, this has, you know, first first I used to bitch about the pincer possum, and then I bitched about Finkelstein and Brian Rio and Eliar and, you know, much of it. And now, you know, Pretty well, what it is is that if you're serious, if you're serious, if you're serious about it, you shouldn't have anything to do with the bowel movement. I'm pissed off at old cunt here walrus because you know he acts, you know he acts like uh, he wants to pretend that niggers are human beings, and then he wonders why in the world niggers don't fear him, why niggers are not scared of him, why niggers are taking down the Confederate flag, and oh. Uh, you know, taking off, you know, I mean, he acts like if he shows, if he goes ahead and shows some of his pathetic little signs, he's accomplishing something. He's not. He's not. He's not accomplishing anything. Is he? Uh, in his mind, I think, I mean, if he just wants to write books, he should just do that instead of playing pretend fantasy line. Yeah, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't really... He was really white. I mean, he was trying, and this is what pissed me off. Here he was trying to, you know, join James Von Braun, Trader Glenn Miller. I believe Trader Glenn Miller was about to die, and he made the same deal, you know, they did so to where white supremacists can't run Missouri things, Trader Glenn Miller. I believe that the entire deal of what he did was to go to Kansas City and not go to the old kike's home and not shoot any old Jews, but to shoot whatever the fuck he could find in the parking lot. And when he asked the people who were a Jew or not, 
you know, he was told he's not supposed to shoot any real Jews, so he shoots a fat old Quigger doctor, and he runs across and, you know, guns down his 14-year-old grandson, and he jumps in his car and shoots some wapas, you know, about a half mile away. And then as a range, he says, how Hitler, how Hitler, and drops the gun. So essentially, I believe this was Trader Glenn Miller's last, you know, you know Zogbot arrangement here. Well, yeah. I mean, if he want if he wanted to fucking kill some Jews, he could have gone up to Kirksville and you know plugged an alien one here who's bleeding out the asshole. You know what I mean? You know, <laughs> I, I don't think Linda would have seen it coming. You know what I mean? All right. If he wanted yeah. to gun down, if he wanted to gun down the Jew boy. He could have gone. He could have gone and essentially said, "How Hitler all he wants." Here, I mean, you know, nobody really, you know, everybody, well, you know, I mean, can you imagine the Southern Poverty Law Center having a big problem with Trader Glenn Miller getting down old, you know, old Linder? I wouldn't have had a problem with it here. Uh, I mean, if he wanted to shoot Jew, why, hey, you know, he already knew what he could get down, no doubt here, you know what I mean? That's awesome. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I mean, the bowel movement is just simply, it's simply a joke here. The last thing you want to do, you know, this Dylan Thomas, this Dylan, you know, Roof, he goes ahead and reads it, and you know, you got to tell is that his life is not a good life. He's twenty-one years old, and you know, I've been in the army at the age of twenty-three, but. Usually you get a little bit of sense then, but, you know, you have these 17, 18, 19-year-old kids, you know, they'll do whatever some stupid NCO tells them to do. They'll follow orders. They'll gun down whoever the hell you tell them to gun down because they don't have any sense. You know what I mean? They do what they are told. Essentially, here's this kid who, you know, I thought he might be a schizoid here because 21 is, you know, peak schizoid here because usually when they – Start showing that at the age of eighteen or nineteen, they don't they don't initially go full fledged jail or the nut house or something like that. But usually, the age of twenty one is peak, you know, peak schizoid to where they've already done enough shit to where they're either a nut house or a jail. You know what I mean? Sort of like this Bruce Howard character. But you know, I thought he might be a schizoid. Well, no, he's not a schizoid. He's some twenty one year old kid who. Doesn't have much of a home life, you know, doesn't have much of a family life, doesn't have much of a future. And he reads something and he decides, hey, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be the next John Brown. I'm going to start a race war. I'm going to be more famous than Charles Manson. <laughs> and so he gets, you know, he gets a, what, 45? I mean, if you want to go ahead and gun down niggers, a 45 caliber Glock is about as good a gun as any. You know what I mean? So he goes in there and he hangs around here, all these niggers that are into Christianity, and he goes in and guns them down here. You know what I mean? Bang, 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 bang. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't think he's a schizoid. I mean, but, you know, here you have everyone who's denouncing him. I'm not denouncing that. I'm not denouncing that kid. You know what I mean? You know, about the only one, the only one who ain't denouncing him is Linder and Linstead. You know what I mean? Everybody else is denouncing him. You know what I mean? And that's why I told Hunter Wallace, I said, shit, 
if you're going to go ahead and pretend that niggers are human beings, you're going to go ahead and pretend that niggers are human beings, stop whining like a pussy when they tell you that you, know, that you need to support them, that it was bad to keep them as slaves, that it was bad to bring them over you know, to Africa. I think it was bad to bring them over to Africa. You know, I don't think niggers should have been allowed in this country to begin with. But they're here. And, uh, heck, they used to be valuable around, you know, around 1861. They averaged about, you know, being worth $1,000 in 1861 terms, which means that, you know, niggers used to be worth ten, twelve, twenty-five thousand $25,000 here in, in terms of today's money. You know, but now, why the average, you know, she, she boom nigger only has $5 to her name. So essentially, niggers are... You know, niggers, I don't think niggers are even worth $5 here. You know what I mean? I think they're absolutely worthless. You know what I mean? They're paying me out. You know what I mean? If you smell something funny when you walk down the street, you're in Coontown. You look and see garbage all over the street, you're in Coontown. Up and down the street there ain't nothing but trash Nigger girls trying to get a nigger boy's cash Then you even see a spook with a big mustache in Coontown On the corner there's a nigger with a drink in his hand That's Coontown Trying to bum a nickel from whoever he can in Coontown you can make a bet If you go back tomorrow He'll be there yet He's trying to get drunk And drunk he's gonna get In Coontown and be sort of pissed off. I mean, if we could have racial peace, why, well, I'd give the niggers Georgia, you know, the, the Georgia and Alabama and Mississippi and let them fight over Florida with the damn beaners. You know, I mean, just put, you know, wherever you have rivers, big and, big and 
big uh, big ditch, you know, just ship them damn niggers down south there. And, you know, Hunter, uh, I mean, shit, you'll have niggers living in the Griffin Manor, you know, where you think they're going to get back to pick the cotton here. And, I mean, essentially, have peace. Ship all the damn niggers to, uh, well, New Africa. You know what I mean? But you know, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. You're, you are going to have you're going to have an economic collapse, and I believe you're going to have, you know, we saw Babylon dividing into like I call ten thousand warlord cities. You know what I mean? Not all at once. Not all at once. They'll be able to keep it somewhat together, but you know, folks. I mean, there is an economic there's an economic blowout just waiting to happen. I mean, they're sort of like in Greece, all this sort of thing. Why, you know, they're trying to extend and pretend, and pretty well they're getting to the end of the line as far as Greece is concerned, right? Yeah. So, any case here, well, guest number 15, I think guest number 15 is John Britton here. He's bitching, he's bitching about me talking to you, but, you know, why? You know, what, what difference does it make here? Tonto, if you want to call in, call in, and, uh, you know, he uh, he called me in with some death threats, and that point out is that, uh, oh, he wanted to, he wanted to go to uh, Ramey's and beat me up. And I said, look, Tonto, you're not allowed because, uh, you know, because you went ahead and beat up your second daughter. Why, and you had to plead guilty to domestic violence. You're not allowed to, you know, you're not allowed to carry guns across state lines here. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, Tonto, you need to stay in Emmett here. I ain't going to Emmett to bother you. You know what I mean? And uh, essentially, uh, you know, you owe uh, Brian Wright, this Ashkenazi Morgan buddy of uh, the Pitcher Possums, you know, he wanted to go ahead and have a fist fight with you. You pussy dog. Go fight with him. He lives, what, around Seattle or something like that? He's closer to you than what I am. But, uh, nah. I mean, you know, I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about Brian Real. I'm not worried about Bale Fank. I'm not worried about uh, Johnny Tonto coming to Granby to cause me any trouble. You know what I mean? Because they don't have any business here. You know what I mean? If they, they come down here and stuff, huh? They wouldn't be worth the effort, I don't think. I mean, well, no. Besides, they don't know what they don't know what I have meeting to them here. I mean, if they're listening, uh, I got three drills, and one of them got a quarter-inch drill bit. You don't want to come. You don't want to come see me here. Uh, I mean, I can do things to you which might just sit me sent back to bigs here. <laughs> You need to, you need to, you need to stay, you need to stay, you know, in Panama City or Mentor, Ohio or Emmett, you know, Emmett, Idaho and, uh, heck, you know, do your own thing here. I mean, what happens, John Britton used to tell me about, you know, how he was related to King Saul through Jonathan and how, his ancestor raped Charlemagne's sister and gave birth to Roland and, you know, about how, oh, he never did like Sweaty Eddie Lodge here because, you know, his, 
know, his ancestor Matthew Britton was the cabin boy under Johann Cabato in 1497, when they weren't being part of the Earls of Richmond and all this sort of thing, I found out that essentially John Britton's, John Britton's grandfather was a Pentecostal lit head preacher from northeast Oklahoma and what I hear is Ottawa County, 30 miles down the road. And John Britton would never come to see me. He'd go see his relatives in Oklahoma, he wouldn't drive 35, 40 miles out of his way to go see me. You know what I mean? I think the reason is, is because, shoot, he's probably, he might very well be a cork-eyed mamzer here. You know what I mean? You know, his daughters, you know, his middle daughters are sort of light-skinned here, but his oldest daughter and the, his fifth daughter, who's retarded, why, they look like Anglo-Mestizos. You know what I mean? So... You know, come on, Tonto. I mean, you know, why in the world should I believe, you know, I mean, what he used to do over on Stumbling, he would go ahead and put fake pictures of himself as being him, you know, as being him. You know what I mean? And, (laughs) I mean, how do I know, you know, how do I know what he looks like? You know what I mean? How do you know who, how, what do these people look like? If they're not going to go ahead and sh- give you the real name, they're not going to go ahead and give you the real picture, how the hell do you know what they look like? How do you know who the hell they are? You don't. You know what I mean? Do you? Brian Reel's all mad at, Brian Reel's all mad at me because I found out his real name was Brian Reel, and I posted a Facebook picture of him. Which showed he wasn't white. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then found, you know, from old Kane, I went in and found these Zuko.com pictures, which showed he really wasn't white. He's pissing yeah. and moaning. He's pissing and moaning because he can't pretend to be white anymore. You know what I mean? Everybody knows his real name. Billy Roper called him a Mexican faggot here back in 2005. But he's not white. Same way with this, you know, same way with, uh, you had this character called Savin Longshanks. He looks like a packy. Looks like a packy with the nose of a camel. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, have you ever uh, looked at pictures of Savin Longshanks? I call him Savin Packy Shanks. He looks like a packy with a big Jew nose. Well, that's actually him. That's not just some troll photo or something. Well, if you're going to pretend to be a white supremacist, I don't know. Yeah. Do you think you ought to? You think you ought to show a picture of a packy with a big Jew nose? No, no, you wouldn't. Well, no. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I mean, people can tell that that picture is me. I have some YouTube videos up. They can tell I'm running around with half a beard. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's why I've seen in the white nationalist movement. You have a whole bunch, you know, and certainly C.I. Down Street. Visser ain't white. Uh, Brian Rio ain't white. Brother Non-Aryan, uh, he ain't white. Thinks a Jew. Eli James is a Jew. Dan Johns is an Ashkenazi Melungeon who says he's Welsh here, but uh, the, the Cherokees are Welsh. So essentially, you know, Dan Johns is an Ashkenazi Melungeon. <laughs> I think Visser is a Sephardic Melungeon. 
know, I mean, you know, Visser's mother, you know, gets tribal benefits. His father, I think, is a sympathetic, you know, Jew named Pieter Visser. Uh, you know, I mean, one time Visser got drunk and said, I'm 25% Cherokee, LOL, what of it? You know what I mean? Visser's brother, in February 2012, Visser, you know, had disappeared for another six months. And guess what? Visser's mother says, hey, this is my full-blooded brother. I need to put up uh, the talk show shows from December 2010. He told the judge, he, you know, I mean, Bridge of the Idiot ran off, you know, ran off to uh, this town on the coast, you know, 30 miles from Seattle. <laughs> and Visser went ahead and chased her. And the mother-in-law didn't like, you know, her, her youngest daughter, being married to a Mongol criminal who pretends he's a uh, racist bigot. So he ran back to Brooks, Georgia, spent three weeks in jail, got turned loose on September 9th, 2010. 2010, you know, you know September 10th, 2010, he posts a picture of his old, him and his oldest daughter. It says, nothing without you, and then he takes down that. He goes over to Stumblin. And he posts as Cherokee Visser. He runs around uh, pretending to be the Unabomber. He takes down you know, his Facebook. He takes down everything he's down. And then in December, he calls in and admits that Sean Aaron Visser is his full-blooded brother. Sean Aaron Visser is a obvious beaner who has a beaner daughter and married a darker beaner who had a nigger, he had a nigger, uh, he has a nigger stepdaughter. So, you know, what is, you know, what is Visser here? I mean, Visser is, you know, he's an Indian. He's, you know, he's a, uh, he's a Mongol of some sort. So that's what you have in white nationalism. That's what you have in CI dentistry. So, how many niggers and how many Jews do, do I or anybody else really need Pretend to be a Christian any pastor. Pretend to be a white nationalist Aryan. Why none? I don't think we need any of them. If they're lying about their racial background, what else are they lying about? Probably everything. Why listen to them? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you're, you, I mean, it's not as dangerous as being on BNN. I don't know why anybody in their right mind has anything to do with BNN. I mean, Linder, let me see, about eight months ago, it was revealed that a Jew was pretending to be this nigger named Dushan Williams. Did you hear about that? Uh-uh, what's that about? You had, you had an actual Ashkenazi Jew, rabbinical student, and he pretended to be this nigger called Dushan Williams that Linder had on his uh, on BNN. <laughs> he had an actual Jew boy pretend to be a nigger, and Linder just ate that up here. I, I think Linder's a Jew. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, Linder. Uh, something's really wrong with him. He it's like a honey. He testified when he didn't have to. So if well, he did that against Bill White. Yeah. I, I met Linder. I met Linder at Topeka in 2004. And every, you know, he did, he did the same thing he did again in 2012. He sees a Jew in a, in a, you know, who's interviewing him, and he just has to, you know, every time he sees what he thinks is another Jew, 
he has to ask him if he's a Jew because he's worried that the self-loathing Jews is going to turn on him. Uh, there was this guy at the European, you know, camera crew, was a real dark Swiss guy. And there was me, you know, in the backyard of this guy named Scott Roberts in Topeka, uh, where, you know, Billy Roper really ran things. I'm on fairly good terms with Billy Roper, but, you know, Billy Roper... Billy Roper has become Christian, and then he hangs around Tom Robb. And I'm not all that fond of Tom Robb, but I don't fight with him. You know what I mean? And uh, pretty well, pretty well, Billy Roper had this C Pastor Butler Ford Crooks tour. And then in 2003, Catch uh, sold her David Lane stuff and moved back to Scotts, New Jersey. So he had the David Lane franchise as well. And so in 2004, they had the Christmas coup in 2004 to where uh had enough of Trader Glenn Miller. Well, anyway, uh, this was on Trader Glenn Miller. This was in May of 2004. And I go up there to see Butler and uh, see Billy Roper. I see, Cor- you know, Craig Cobb. You know, old Corn Cobb's nuttier in real life than he appears you know, in pictures, and, you know, he's pretty nutty, and here's Linder, and we have Billy Roper's right-hand man, Ben Vineyard, we have this little dark Swiss guy from the European film, documentary film, film crew, we have Linder, and Linder asks this little dark guy, are you a Jew? And the little dark Swiss guy says, yeah, yeah, and old Linder acts like, oh, my God, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, this little guy, two-thirds of his size, is about to attack Linder. And Linder, you know, it wasn't me. I was enjoying Linder acting scared here, you know. You know, I mean, Linder is actually six foot one and light eyed, but he has he has you know he he's just he's just such a shifty looking character in real life here. Linder is. I mean, Linder, you know, acts like he's scared of. But, you know, Linder is a shifty-looking character. So you, you see a guy who's one with light gray eyes or something like that, but he's a shifty-looking character. And so he's asking, he's asking this guy if he's a Jew, and Ben Vineyard says, you're not really a Jew, are you? And the guy says, you know, kind of Jew, which means not a Jew, not a Jew, not quite a Jew, which means little Jew. So Linder, he gets, you know, he, he starts breathing again. Well, on his webpage, there was this another character who looked like a greasy wop Jew, and Linder asked the same damn question, are you a Jew, are you a Jew? And the guy says he's not a Jew. But so Linder, every time he sees a character he thinks might be a Jew, he just has to, I, I, I don't think he can help him. He has to ask him whether or not the guy's a Jew or not, you know, because I think he thinks that this Jew is going to go in and announce him as a self-loathing Jew. Uh, Linder... <laughs> Linder was picked up around 2000 by uh, by William Pierce, who essentially wanted to set a second false run. You have heard about what's been going on in the National Alliance, haven't you, the last, what, month or two? No, because I, I know what's happened, but I just can only assume with a pedophile in, in like, high ranks, it's not going to go anywhere. Well, it's not going to go anywhere, but... Uh, old, uh, old Wiggerswell, Wiggerswell has always been a Zogbot, in my opinion. And William Pierce got $400,000, and he ran in Elohim City for Create Tart. And Zog knew he got $400,000, so 
when old Pierce is diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, which is a death sentence, I mean, if you're, you're told you have pancreatic cancer, I don't care if you have several billion dollars like Steve Jobs does. You're going to die. You know what I mean? You know, you can maybe buy a liver for a couple hundred million dollars, but still, I mean, the liver will keep you alive for about another year or so. You know, I mean, Steve Jobs bought himself a liver, you know, in Memphis, Tennessee. You heard about that. Well, anyway, he died of pancreatic cancer. You know, so if you got pancreatic cancer, you're going to die. You know, uh, Patrick Swayze died. Little Jew, Landon, Michael Landon died of pancreatic cancer. Pierce died of pancreatic cancer. And I believe he was told that if he didn't give it to uh, that idiot Eric Gleeby, why, uh, you know, he'd spend his last month or so in jail, so he didn't want to do that, so he gave it to Eric Gleeby. Well, anyway, old uh, Wiggerswell, he, he finds this retard named, uh, named uh, what was his name, Randolph, Randolph Gilloway, uh, who he's really been running around with. And do you remember when Kane? Do you remember when Kane uh, went ahead and got a hold of that four flag Steve's, uh, uh, you know, email list back in 2013, I believe it was. Yeah, remember yeah, was, in August. Well, that was the happiest Chris, day in his life, I think. <laughs> say what? That was the happiest day in his life, I believe. It was, and I don't know how he got it. I think they said is that. Somebody got tired of the bastards. Went ahead and gave them the old, uh, you know, oh. over. Oh, I, I know. I, just gave it. It's what I heard. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? Here, let me explain what happened was, is that one, uh, like, the four people, they gave him some guy, I forget his name, uh, they gave him their database so they could just upload it or try it anywhere, but this guy wasn't a four staff. But so what his plan was, he was going to create this four clone, he was going to give it to Kane so Kane would expose Fora. People were going to get pissed and leave Fora in mass. But what happened was that didn't happen. No one liked his forum, and it just fizzled from there. So, Oh, it retarded us? Yes, yes. That was a guy. Forget his I, name. I wouldn't, mind, I wouldn't mind buying a V-Bolton license for another V-Bolton forum. But anyway, what, what is funny, though, is that Kane actually has you know, has posts from 2006, the four-fag seed does it here. You know what I mean? They pretty well purged the first three years of their forum. You know what I mean? You know that? So yeah, Shane well, actually has on his forum uh, from 2006 to 2013. You know what I mean? But anyway, when everybody, when old, uh, when old uh, what, Jakob Israel and Appy and... Kane, they were they were digging through they were digging through uh ill you know, they were digging through ill Fagno's uh, messages trying to find out who he was and where he lived and all the stuff about that. Well they were going ahead and looking at Il Fagno's messages. I was looking at uh Hoyerswills and Haddings and Trader Glenn Miller's messages. And what happened is that uh there was this heifer I don't know if you know this heifer named Susan who uh, was really buddies with this, uh, with uh, Kristen Jemmings or Star, you know what I mean? Anyway, old, old Susan, she has a bunch of rotten teeth here, and she's begging old Wiggersville for $300 to pull her nasty, uh, to pull her teeth and get some dentures. And Wiggersville says, well, I'll give you $300 if you'll, 
if, if you'll convince Linder to uh, get me and Hattie Meerkat back on BNS. So Susan, she goes to uh, Linder, and Linder says, well, I'll let Hattie back on BNN, but there's no damn way I'm going to let Wiggerswill on BNN. So anyway, uh, <laughs> Susan, she gets some money, and she promised to pay repay Wiggerswill, but what happens is that she didn't repay Wiggerswill. Wiggerswill says, well, you owe me her 50 because you didn't get me on BNN. Well, what she does is that Wiggerswill's bitching about her, and so what she did is she turns in old Randall Dill, you know, Dillaway and goes ahead and outs him to the Southern Poverty Law Center. Well, anyway, in last year, around December, he's going ahead with this Randolph Dillaway. He's trying to get Randolph Dillaway to put all, you know, that Wiggerswill claims that he owns William Pierce's compound and everything else, and you have Sanders Pierce and you have the rest of the NARG, you know, National Alliance Reform and whatever group. You didn't know about that, right? Yeah. Well, I call them the, I call them the NARGers, but, you know, uh, you have old Rodney Martin. He's interviewing Sanders Pierce. I'm asking, <coughs> I, I was going to ask Sanders Pierce, well, why didn't Pierce, why didn't Pierce give the National Alliance to you? Why didn't he give it to you, his own brother? You know what I mean? And the answer is, is that, hey, you know, Zog was blackmailing him to where he didn't dare give it to his brother. So he gave it to Eric Levy. Well, anyway, he's trying to get this Randolph <laughs> Dill of you. He's trying to get this Randolph Dill of you to go ahead and look at the uh, at the past. They find out that Pierce, you know, Pierce, he tried to get, oh, a tax exemption for his cosmetology church. And they said, nah, this is just a scam. You don't have it. Pierce was, Pierce was scamming the government. You know, back in 1985, but he was working with Zog here, and that's why they overlooked the fact that Bob Matthews gave him $400,000. I mean, you know, they get down on Covington to, to send $300,000, but uh, Cancel Lane told me $400,000. She told everybody else $400,000 too here. You know, she used to bitch about phone book cures with $400,000 of order money who didn't do a damn thing for David Lane. Well, David Lane's in prison. He got three prison terms totaling about 600 years, so any damn thing that, you know, Pierce can do for David Lane. But in any case, he got $400,000. And then Pierce went the next morning after he got the money, and he paid the $90,000 mortgage off on his farm, you know, in Western Virginia. You know, I prefer to call it farm rather than the compound. But in any case, you know, Pierce got the money, but everybody knew Pierce got the money. You know, so does Zog. So here he is. He's being blackmailed. He's running Elohim City for Creator. So, in any case, you know, here here is you know here is Wiggerswell. He's trying to get his buddy, the accountant Randolph Dillaway, to essentially put all the blame for all this misappropriation, all this you know tax fraud, not on Eric Levy, but he's trying to put it on Sean Walker. He only had control of the National Alliance for about, what, a year and a half? You know, and then he gave it back to Glebe after he got convicted for beating up some beaners in a, you know, in a Colorado bar room. So here is, here is Randolph Dillaway, and he's looking at, oh, shit, $2 million, I would say, you know, in unreported income. And so... <laughs> So what happens is that I guess he tells Wiggerswill, and then, you know, the, the, the female, you know, 
on there, goes ahead and pulls a gun on him. And then Wiggersley, he's running up from Tennessee to West Virginia. And essentially, <clears throat> they make old Randolph Dillaway sign a non-disclosure agreement. They let, you know, he goes ahead and lets uh, Randolph Dillaway run off with old Wiggersley's pickup truck. And he runs screaming into the night, and he tells the party law center about what happened at the end of May. So there was a big stink about that. And the whole point was to blame all the, I mean, you know, they logged off $300,000 of old timber off the farm, and they put it in Eric Levy's pocket. They put it, you know, Arthur Kemp's pocket. I mean, but, they, you know, that's what uh, Dillaway was supposed to try to do, is try, was supposed to put it all on Sean Glebe, and Sean Glebe didn't have a damn thing to do with it. So that's, you know, that's what's going on in the National Alliance. It's just simply a bunch of, you know, I think what your school's been a Zogbot from day one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, but what are they going to do? I mean, what are the Nargers going to do? They're going to say, well, it's not a hate group. Well, where did Pierce get the money? I know. I know. He he went ahead and he got $400,000 of order money. So guess what here? Oh, two million dollars in back taxes, and it was founded on what? Four hundred thousand dollars of order money. Can but, you imagine what the Martin, government would do with that? Hmm? Well, Martin, let me just offer a counterpoint. Or sure, yes, he probably did. I mean, obviously he got something. So whether it's a quarter to four hundred thousand, but money laundering's pretty easy. So if, since he's a smart guy, you just throw in a whole bunch of fake numbers and say you have all these members and have them phantom donate, so I think it's very possible if he was smart over time that he could soak that in. <laughs> if that's what he did. Okay, well, yes. I was a real smart man and I successfully, I mean, you know, there's no way, there's no way that Pierce is going to go to prison for accepting stolen money. I mean, Zog knew about it. Everybody in the movement knew about it. And, uh, no, he ain't going to go to prison over that. But on the other hand, why they were trying to blame Sean Walker on essentially Eric Levy stealing, what, you know, 2010, $300,000 worth of money paid for these trees that were logged off at Pierce's farm. You know what I mean? Where'd the money go for that? Hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's from what I gather. Now, this Randolph Dillaway, you know, he probably realizes that, hey, you know, he doesn't want to go to prison for concealing all this tax fraud which goes on. So he says something, and then Wiggersquill picks up on it. So, you know, find a non disclosure, but, you know, he runs over to the Southern Poverty Law Center, which I believe has been working with Pierce all along. You know what I mean? So. I don't know. Uh, that's the sort of thing you have in the foul movement bars. So let me ask you then, what what has White Will or, or Will Williams, whatever he's going by, what has he done with the National Alliance once he got it yeah, under his control? Well, he uh, went ahead and hired, uh, he, he has as his propaganda minister, old Kevin Alfred Strong. You've heard of him, haven't you? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, has he made anything of this? Is it? 
stagnant or, or what's going on? Well, it's pretty well. You're talking about two million dollars in tax fraud from the ni- from 1985. I mean, Bob Matthews gave you know gave him money back in uh, what? Oh, uh, 1984. So essentially, from day one, it was you know tax fraud. But the government didn't do a damn thing about it. Didn't want to do a damn thing about it. Uh, essentially, I think Quigger Square was as a membership director to make sure that there was no actual membership. It was just simply a means by which Pierce would write really good propaganda, and his whole notion was to get some general or something to overthrow the government or something like that, save the white race. He didn't really accomplish anything, but did he? Will Williams, Will Williams, he got it from Eric Levy. He's trying to, he's trying to put the blame on Sean Walker instead of Eric Levy. You have a you have a lawsuit to where the National Alliance is trying to get control of Pierce's stuff, and I don't know if anybody really has any claim to it. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But what what is what is you know, in the case of Kevin Alfred Strong, he runs around, he's obsessed with a ten year old an eight or nine or ten year old non white girl, he's stalking her, he's chasing after her, and their mother says, Oh no, who is this character you stalking my dog? Oh no, it's a it's a white supremacist. So then he has this crazy bitch wife, you know, and the first wife was sort of crazy, but the second wife's a real bitch. And Linda from my girl is trying to fuck her, you know what I mean? And uh, hey, Linda goes ahead and makes her a co-moderator of VNN. And now Linda said, "Well, I think Kevin Alperstrom is not, you know, is not guilty." But hey, Kevin Alperstrom, you know, he tried to say, "Well, I'm signing this because I don't have a choice." And Jed says, "Hey, look, you want to take a plea, you know, bargain or not?" We don't want to take it. We'll take it to trial. No, Kevin Alperstrom didn't want to take it to trial. I'm the child porn and the rest of the stuff. So essentially, so he signed it. He spent a couple more months in jail, and then got turned loose. But he's still classified as a sexual predator. And the whole point was to, well, was to make sure that he would never amount to anything again. And you have Will Williams. Uh, I mean, essentially having somebody as propaganda minister. You know, openly, who is essentially on Megan's list here. He's known as a sexual predator. And he pled guilty. You know what I mean? You know, it ain't like my case to where, hey, you know, this is bullshit. This is a lie. I got sent to nut house because I wouldn't accept the public pretender. And I'm telling these people is that, hey, you know, I don't see anything morally wrong with me grabbing your your children and torturing them into testifying against you here. I don't see a problem with, you know, gelding your sons or spaying your daughters or do it, you know, destroying your family like you destroyed mine. You know, you did you did what you did to me, I'll do what you know, I'll do whatever the hell I want to to you to destroy to essentially sever your bloodline. Because I hate you bastards. You know what I mean? And leave it at that here. But Kevin Alpha Strong has always been a weak man. And essentially you have Will Williams Essentially, he, you know, Pierce, you know, I mean, 300 acres in West Virginia and some old decaying buildings. 
and a library is worth something, right? I was but nine when first you did stalk me with Mary, a hair on my beard started to choke. Now I'm 18 and you're convicted chomo and can't give it up even on the downstroke. Where, oh where are you tonight? Why did you leave me here all alone? I searched the world over with all of my pistol love. Too bad and all the rest, you was gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what happens is that he is running. You know, he is running the, quote, national alliance like he, you know, about two years ago, he had this J.B. Campbell. Call out for super ficking. Besides, you knew the job was fucked up when you took it. Call out for super ficking. Call out for super ficking. Why don't you call in the movement turd and call me up here like this? You'd rather than just, you'd rather have just a private, rather than have just a private, you know, series of death threats or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Why don't I just show up at your fucking house at my choosing? You come to me when you wanted something, but a hundred was all you could get. Now you're calling me with cussing and death threats. You say with them pistol possums eating much shit. Where, oh where, are you tonight? Why did you leave me here all alone? I searched the world over and thought I found you love. You met another and you was gone. All right. Sounds like he got knocked off the call. It's very unfortunate. I hope he does come back on. So it would appear that I am on the phone. I am solo. I'm going to have to solo his show. Now, there's been a lot of chimping out, a lot of angerness in the chat room. Over what? Over nothing. It's been a good show. I've appreciated it. I've appreciated Mr. Linstead having me on because, hey, anyone that has me on is a good person, right? That's how I see it. Let's see, fucking beat your phone. That's that, that's very rude. Why would you guys ever say beaner phone? That's hurtful. Those track phones, those are druggy phones. A lot of nignogs use them, right? Mute the beaner. All right. Mute the beaner. Best thing to happen all night that you lost is... Oh, it's not very nice. Yeah, well, box still there. Yes, I was holding down the fort for you. Uh, it's good here, the beaner phone. I'm calling in via the beaner phone here. The Skype sometimes uh, kicks out after four hours, but the beaner phone kicks off every two hours or, what, four hour, hour and a half, something like that here. But, you know, this J.B. Campbell, he was asking, he was, he was talking about how Will Williams was a known asshole and he, he went ahead and says, why are you allowing this asshole to 
screw shit up so damn bad. I mean, uh, you know, he caused him more trouble. Why don't you get rid of him? And Pierce says, I can't get rid of him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think Will Williams, Will Williams has been uh, pretty well the Zogbot in charge of screwing shit up. Okay? And that's what he that's what he does. I mean, he got for he got all this money and his portion or his job was to make sure that, you know, the four hundred thousand dollars wasn't run through here. You know, I mean so he you know, he, he got a farm, he got everything paid for, he goes ahead, he buys some stuff, he you know, he sells memberships. Uh, he doesn't declare, you know, the cash memberships that he gets for his corporation or whatever. And so what happens? He got a bunch of people paying in money. Uh, I don't know how much money you paid into it. You used to be, used to be a National Alliance member, didn't you? Yeah, it was about 30, tw- uh, 10 locally, 20 uh, to the main, to Westboro. Yeah. That was a year, right? Yeah. And what did what did you do? What what did you do with that? Did you run around old rallies and do signs and do whatever? Yeah, mostly just protest at gun shows and get kicked out. It really was pointless. Okay. So uh <laughs> Well you have guest number seventeen, you have fun here. Uh <laughs> I'm having fun with them. You know, I, it seems like I've, you know, rustled some jimmies. And, you know, I, I think, like, all these people get so mad at a chat room. You know, I think what I've proven is you shouldn't get so mad. You know, you sh- this is supposed to be fun, you know? No, no. Guest number 17 is probably your Visser Sock Puppet or Marty Chomo or whatever. It's just a nimble guitar. He's not really mad. He's just trolling. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So like Wild Goof here, he was, you know, he was another 4chan or Nimbuster Tard, and he, uh, you know, he got to troll earlier, and, you know, I mean, he had his fun. I mean, shoot. Uh, unlike Fink, unlike all these other Tards, hell, I let pretty well any idiot uh, come onto the show and, you know, say whatever the hell they want to. You know what I mean? Don't bother me none. Ah. No, this is this is this is talk show. This is talk show. This is not this is not serious business. No, it's you know I mean? not. Now, well, I'm I, sure, like plenty of subjects can be it can be serious subjects at times, but for the most part, especially the chat room. Chat room. I mean, come on. No, chat room is just a tard corral. Uh, it's Heck. full of tards. I mean, that's what it should be. Uh, talk show is cheap. Uh, it's free. Uh, you know, I mean, I have to laugh at Wicked Dick here in the pitching bottom. I think, like, you need to give me some money. You know, well, why? Because it costs so much money on talk show. No, it don't. Whoa. No, he actually don't. lied and said it costs money. <laughs> oh, hell, Wickstrom, Wickstrom did a video pretending that he was locked up in the Russian gulag one time here. You know, I mean, come on with the dick. I mean, you know, around April 30th, he was talking about, I'm going to extend the olive branch, you know, and, you know, he was mad at Dewey Tucker 
uh, we call him Wicked Wickstrom, and uh, he, I don't know if he really extended the olive branch to me, but you know, I I went ahead and said, uh, "Well, I piss on your piece with the dick here." You know, uh, you you extend the olive branch. I'm going to extend the piss on club here. You know, you're worthless bastard because what you did, what you did is you went ahead and loaded up your ex best friend's wife at a Walmart Sepulpa, and then when he came to justifiably cut off both of your heads, you went ahead and snitched him out to Michigan State Police and the FBI, and he went to prison, and he died in prison here, and here you are making porno flicks here with this bitch you loaded up at the Sepulpa Walmart. So guess what, Wicked Dick? You're a piece of shit in my book here. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I don't have much use for people like that. You know what I mean? Don't have much use for Jews, don't have much use for Zogbots, don't have much use for pieces of shit. And that is what our bowel movement is like here. You know what I mean? Not serious people, not honorable people. It's just people who, you know, like the you old, know, you know, uh, David Duck and Don Black, why they practice, I believe, how turn of financing here. So does Lender. Uh, last November, Linda was yapping about how he needed $2,500. Uh, heck, it's new quarter. Is Linda asking for any more money? Nope. He's, you know, he has everything paid for, just like Hal Turner did. You know what I mean? Well, you do know Hal Turner's showing back up in August or eight in October, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So you know, you'll have a bunch of tards listening to Hal Turner, and he's amusing. But hell, he's a quarter Jew Michelin. He's a piece of shit. He's a Zogma. He went whining to Zog. You know, he wanted to snitch, and he did. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So I wouldn't take him seriously. Uh, you know, I mean, all these people in movement. I mean, you got to be nuts here to have anything to do with them here. You know, that's, that's better not even to do anything. Better to, I think the best, if you're like racially aware, I think the best thing would be to not be stupid like uh, Corn Cob and announce to everyone, hey, 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 world, I'm going to buy a whole bunch of land. And it's like, okay, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> in the case of Corn Cob, I figured out about where he lived uh, about nine months before he announced it. I mean, I figured out, see, you know, my rel- my half my family is from West River, South Dakota. You know, my dad's side is on the east on the East River side, but it's pretty well around Pier in the central part of the state. And then the other half is that you know is at Fort Pier. It's West River, and you sort know, of you, you sort of know is that you have these thirty mile towns where people have to work real hard. I mean, they you'll have you'll have a small town, I mean, for example, Miller, South Dakota, in the, you know, in the East River. It has, it has two grocery stores, four gas stations, four gas stations, two grain elevators, a hospital, and it's a county seat. It has a population of 910. Granby, Missouri, Dennis Town, Southwest Missouri. It has two gas stations. He has three, you know, two or three restaurants. He has one grocery store. He has one Dollar General store. And it has a population of 2,100, approximately two and a half times Miller, South Dakota. 
I mean, up there, people work harder. People maintain, you know, I mean, a hospital, too. It's it, a, a county seat of 910, you know, population here. You know what I mean? Now, that's something. You know what I mean? People mm-hmm. work harder because they have to work harder. They have to maintain, they have to maintain, you know, this civilization. Now, here's Corncop. What's the odds of finding the only 30-mile town which has a nigger and a mud shark in it? You know what I mean? I believe that Corn Cobb was sent by the Southern Poverty Law Center. I believe Corn Cobb's a Jew boy. I believe he was sent to stir shit up. He bought a third of the town for $8,600. You know, I asked John Britton, I said, why don't you spend 10000 and buy half a 30-mile town, you know, buy a ghost town? Now he's trying to get cards to send $70,000 to buy, a, you know, to essentially buy a place in, you know, in a town which has about 25 population. Why send Corn Cobb any money? Corn Cobb could have, you know, Corn Cobb didn't have to, you know, upgrade his house. Corn Cobb could have, well, essentially there was no requirement that he have, you know, anything other than bottled water. Didn't require you had a flush toilet. You know what I mean? You know, all this sort of shit here. He got himself in trouble. And he did the same stupid shit in Leaf, North Dakota that he did in Kalispell, Montana. You know, he ran afoul of a guy in Christian Day called Carl Garst. And he, you know, waved guns around and Carl Garst just told him, hey, I won't press charges if you leave Kalispell. And Corncob did leave Kalispell. He did the same stupid thing he did in East North Dakota. He's, you know, he is a perpetual attention whore who, you know, can't, you know just like April Gaty, she can't, she can't be out of the limelight. Corn Cobb can't be out of the limelight. I mean, hey, these people are what they are. And, uh, hey, you know, you know, I mean, you know, he told people, he told people starting, uh, you know, shoot, he told people in, you know, it was what, 15 months. He told people in May 2012 where he lived. And guess what? They didn't, you know, um, Southern Pride Law Center didn't do a damn thing about it until August of 2013. You don't think Southern Pride Law Center didn't know Corn Cobb lived in the least North, you know, North Dakota? I mean, you know, if you look at DNN here, he told you where he lived. You know what I mean? If you sort of knew a little bit about I knew a couple months before you came now saw on DNN, you know, judging by what he went ahead and mentioned, you know, he said that he drove, he drove from Alabama to where he lived, you know, so I looked it up, and yeah, you know, shit, it, got, it has a population of 16, one of the nigger. I guess Corn Cobb has a place to buy his, you know, buy his weed from now. You buy it from the nigger. That was a mud shark, you know, mud shark who Found a nigger from Cleveland, Ohio. So anyway, Corn Cobb, you know, I, I told Corn Cobb, just, you know, just register your church and then go to, uh, what, the federal court and file a federal lawsuit, and you can tie, you can tie all this stupid crap they're trying to get you forever. You know what I mean? He didn't do that. You know, Corn Cobb, I believe, you know, I mean, he paid $8,600. He sold one property for five thousand. 
So essentially, my whole bunch of properties for $3,600, he had $11,000 in his front pocket when he got thrown in jail for running around with guns. Know that? I didn't even know that, huh? So where did he get all this money? You know, he no longer has a job. Where did he get all this money? Well, I believe he was working for the Southern Poverty Law Center all along. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he's he keeps going from one place to another to another to another, so he can't. I don't think he's able to save it, so he has to get it from somewhere. Well, hell, he was bitching. He was bitching about. I don't know if you heard about White Nations. It's run by this guy named Stanley Diggs. He used to he used to be a big buddy for lenders. Then he thought this Donnie from Ohio was Mark Pitcavage, and so you know him and Linder had a big old fight with each other. You know what I mean? I think you heard about that, right? Yeah. Well, anyway, this Randolph Dillaway uh, supposedly does something, and old corn cob claims that Stanley Diggs stole $10,000 worth of silver from him. So here he has $11,000 in his pocket, he has $10,000 in silver. You know, uh, they take his car, he gets his car back, but supposedly he claims that uh, Stanley Diggs, whitenations.com, Went ahead and also stole ten thousand dollars worth of silver from him. Okay, coin cob, let me see. Uh eighty six hundred dollars for the property. You get five thousand dollars back myself from guy from Wisconsin. And so that's what, thirty six hundred and you get you have eleven thousand dollars in your pocket and ten thousand dollars in silver. Where'd you get all that money, coin cop? <laughs> hmm? Exactly. Yeah. So, hey, I mean, uh, you know, how did I just manage to find the only damn town which has a mud shark and a nigger in it? You know, probably the only 30-mile town. Uh, you know, I mean, probably they'll have a sign here. You know, stop a leaf. Last town for the next 62 miles before you get to Dickinson, which has a mud shark and a nigger in it. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, the very first live nigger i ever seen in South Dakota was in 2001, and it was a nigger who was traveling to Seattle on Interstate 90, and he wanted to see the small state capital in the Union, so he drove up to Peter. I mean, the very first nigger I ever seen in South Dakota, I mean live nigger, you know I mean? I mean real live nigger, not television nigger or something like that from TV. First live nigger I ever seen in South Dakota was in 2001. You know what I mean? Or maybe it was 1999, I don't know. It's sometime. You know, I've seen them, you know, at this convenience store in Pierce, South Dakota. You know what I mean? Niggers are not, niggers are not common in, you know, in uh, South Dakota. You know what I mean? Certainly, mm-hmm. you know, certainly, certainly, uh, <laughs> West River, North Dakota. I mean, you know, I mean, as a mud shark, she found herself a Cleveland nigger uh, because he said he was from Cleveland. So I don't know. I mean, she must uh yeah, I bet the Southern Pride Law Center had something to do with Corn Cobb's choice of address here. But he could have still been there. But here he is. He, he said, hey, guess what? You can have a Bakken, you know, Bakken oil job in North Dakota. All you have to do is pay me $143. I will put you up. I'll put you up for $143. A month. All you have to do is, you know, pay me one hundred forty-three dollars, 
you have to register to vote so I can become mayor of, you know, Corncob City, you know, from Leith. And you got to fly a few Nazi or create tarred flags. Hey, Corncob hmm. Corn could have been. Corncob could have put together, you know, I mean, supposedly April Gady worked there. I mean, shoot, he had a creamery next door. He could have, uh, you know, hell, he had what? Oh, he had 15 months. You know, I think they knew all along he was a big Nazi, but he just kept his mouth shut until the Southern Party Law Center decided to blow the whistle. You know, he, he announced on DNN where he lived in May of 2012. That wasn't until what? September, you know, August? August 15th of uh, 2013. All this shit came down. So what is it? May, June, July, August, September. That's what four plus twelve. That's sixteen months. But the, you know, presumably, you know, if 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 BNM knew about it, why didn't Southern Poverty Law Center know about it? No, they wanted to make sure. They wanted to make sure they had a big stink, and that's what they did. Okay. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, he stood in the entire show. Uh, let's see, ten thirty to oh. oh hell, this this show's been going on for about four and a half hours here. What is what is it? It's one thirty in Phoenix, right? No, it's it's twelve thirty. Oh, you mount you Pacific time then? Yeah, Arizona. We don't have daylight savings, so. Half the time we're in Pacific time, and the other half we're in Mountain time. Okay, I thought you were in Mountain time, but you know, if you don't have daylight savings time, it could be two hours difference, couldn't it? Yeah. See, we never change our clocks here, and, and I'm very—that's one good thing about never changing your clocks. But if you deal with people outside, they do, so you kind of have to work with it. So. Okay. Well, no big deal. Uh, let's see. Apricity. Do they still have Apricity? Um, you, you know that form, right? Apricity? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I posted there for, eh. It, it's like all those people, they'll, like, show their photos, and they're like, what am I? You're Barbary, you're, oh, you're Mediterranean, and, like, it's very, like, really nerdish shit, you know? Oh, it's it's just it's just pretty much a tarred corral. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, I I think I have a membership there. I haven't been on there for about a year or so. And some tarred went ahead. He didn't like my reposting a Jim Floyd article. And uh, hey, uh, you know they 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 ban people for no damn good reason or anything like that here. Uh, I do have a sock puppet somewhere on your forum here. But, uh, you know, I don't post as Martin, the pastor Lynch, or anything like that. I don't think the piss possum has been there for a while either, has he? He shows up, like, once every two or three months and just usually posts one of his videos. That's about it. I, I don't really have any, you know, I, I don't have anything bad to say about him. I think oh, okay. a lot of people there really prefer him, you know, just because, you know, he smokes pot and doesn't really a lot of shit, you know, so. 
Well, it depends. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad. I mean, I really, I really don't have that bad problem, big a problem with the old pisser possum. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, he's sort of, to me, he's sort of, he's sort of pathetic, really. But uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's really, you know, he allows me to be on his forum. Uh, you know, old writer Bill DeClues goes ahead and censors all my posts here. But, oh, yeah, it's another character. I uh, go ahead and see where he lives here because I'm suing liar Bill DeClues here. Uh, you know, he, uh, remember when he, went, he, when, he, when he went ahead and did some terms of service snitching uh, for old Brian Real? Hmm. I, I don't know. I didn't know he was part of that. I thought that was just real. No, he was he was supposedly a Fusky bomber, and Brian Real says, "Who does the beer barrel think they're you know fooling?" Well, old uh, you know, does old Jay Bird ever show up anymore? No, nah, he hasn't been in a few years. Oh, okay. Intrepid and and Bill to show up. They like they they're weird. Like he he has a new internet girlfriend, which he was dating that Barbie crazy bitch. Now he has a new crazy bitch, but this time this chick he's dating, she's in Sweden. So it's going to be like, I, I don't know. It's bizarre. Well, he lives, he, last time I knew he lived up in, what, Southern California around Los Angeles. You know what I mean? And, uh, well, we have a sort of wary relationship. I don't, I'm not really interested in fighting with him anymore. You know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> is Stumble in? Like, are you still there? Yeah, I'm in Stumble in. Hell, I posted. I, I posted oh. Stumble in. Uh, in fact, well, I posted Linstonania here. Uh, what I need to do over this weekend is essentially file a motion because Brian Real is claiming that I need to serve his father here. And I'm saying, no, I don't. Uh, I've already signed the waiver. Uh, I'm probably going to ask for summary judgment for $10.75 million against Brian Real's father. You know what I mean? Because I believe he's inspired yeah. Brian Real to take down the webpage. But in any case, Brian Real doesn't, you know, he never did have a case. I mean, I, I'm the only one that I obeyed the DMCA, and he didn't here. And essentially, you know, I don't know, he's, he's still going through it. He has, he has lost to that. He sued the NRA. He sued uh, uh, Arbitron. He's suing Carnival Cruise Line. I think that one's still federally going. He has, what, 24 lawsuits, uh, of which 19 have been closed in uh, Lake County, Ohio. I mean, that's all the little Mongol does here. But in case, let's see. So I don't know. My old Bill guy, go ahead and look. It seems like her IP number is from Sweden. You know what I mean? Mm. At least that's yeah, yeah. the impression I get. Oh, oh, oh I, I don't... I, don't I think it is. She, she is probably from Sweden, and so... Why she needs a American dude? I mean, I don't know. That's and he's in uh, and he's in California. There's plenty of women there, so I, I don't know. Who knows? Well, 
I mean, old and gold is soil. He's a little bit of a swarthy wog himself here. You know, and you know, you don't know if she's really what she could be. She could be a sixty-year-old tranny here. You know what I mean? Well, you know, right? They're what? She could be a sixty-year-old tranny for all you know. You know what I mean? Yeah, because she, you know, when women use like really, really old pictures, and they only use like one or two, there's probably a reason for that. You know? Oh yeah. I mean. I don't know. Uh, I got to wonder, why are you why are you chasing a Greek? You know, swarthy little critter here, and I don't know if she knows his real name or not here. She can see him on YouTube from a couple of, I mean, what, what happens is that back in May of, when was it, 2012, when, you know, had the, you know, had the big fight with old and gelded. See, gelded, he went over, Stumbling was calling me a child molester. So I said, okay, Gilded, uh, you know, that's against the law of stumbling. You don't mind if I use your real name the way I used it in, you know, the way I used it in the shop box here. And so then he says, well, you be careful, Marty, here. And essentially, I think he got, he went ahead and got the thing he had out, but by this time, I'd taken screenshots. Well, I didn't really intend to do that here, but what I did is I had my own forum. And so I put it, logged it up on Canes and my own forum here. So anyway, here he has, he has this band in which you have a nigger and a beaner in there. And for my gear, they think that, you know, I mean, I don't think that the nigger and beaner were amused to find out that their buddy in the band was essentially playing net Nazi at night. So maybe they're beating his ass. I don't know. But, uh, in yeah. case, uh, in case old Ben uh, Gelded, he went running and whining to old Kane and begging Kane to put in the eyes only forum uh, those posts about his real identity. And from my gather, I think he got outed because he just had to use his real name as part of the owner of uh, Beer Barrel. So anyway. You know, he knew better than even ask me. He knew better than even ask me. And uh, essentially, I got banned for a little while, and then I got too lagged and pissed off some the rest here. So I've I don't even bother to log in as Martin Lewis. I have a sock puppet somewhere. Oh, hmm. about every couple months, I come in and look and see what the hell's going on. Uh, I don't think I've ever posted here though. Anyway, uh, so I don't know. Uh, that's why I was looking. Is that old Vilda? You know, I mean, Heron and Gelder running around. So, did he actually hump this old street walking Yenta heifer? You know what I mean? I I don't know. They they like to keep us updated at Beer Barrel, like we give a fuck. But uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> well, you said that you know he had a. Yeah, a little indulging wing uh, from old nigger humping Yenta, as I call her here. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. You know, so essentially, is that a different story, or is just indulging just full of shit? Uh, they could just be trolling everybody. I I don't know. It's hard to say. Okay. Never well, know on on the internet. You know, it's 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 just a really stupid time sink for the most part. So. Well, let me see. 
I wonder how guest number five here uh, managed to. Uh, okay, I think uh, I think I pretty well lost control of the chat room, but it don't really matter. Uh, yeah, yeah no one's really. Be, we're probably going to be cut off here in about oh, 10, 15 minutes here. You want well, to go Martin, and call let me tonight? let you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me let you go right now because I need to go do some things. So, uh, real quick, okay. Joe. Uh, yeah, All right. thank you. Thank you. I, call in. All right. Well, thanks, APOC, for calling in. I'll re-engineer the show. Uh, anyway, I'm glad you called in. Uh, you have your own speaker chat or something like that? Yeah, I have a show at, at Spreaker. Just if you type in Apocalypse, I'll be – I'm usually the first person, and I, I do a show like once every three weeks. I'm, you know, uh, I, I don't – it's I don't take it seriously. I just do it once in a while, so – how much does it cost you a speaker? Forty bucks a year. Oh, okay. Well, it's a hundred and twenty-eight bit, uh, you know, sound, a great sound, uh, a lot of people, and so I kind of have fun over there. I, I, I'm not going to pay the twenty bucks a month that they ask. I'm gonna, I'll do forty a year. That's not too bad. So. So how often can you speak? One one hour a day or something? They give you a hundred hours. So you can keep doing uh, a 45-minute show as much as you want. Oh, okay. So it's got its perks. It's got its negatives. So uh, I just like the high bit rate. I, I like, you know, the good sound quality because you can play a song and it'll sound good, you know, like radio quality. So that's another reason why I prefer that, you know. Well, with TalkShoe, what I do is I record my MP3, but also I download. I have to double that. And then what I do is I add music to it. So I re-engineer. I've been re-engineering the latest show. You know what I mean? Uh, the TalkShoe quality is not very good, especially using, using Skype or using, uh, using the cell phone or the beetle phone like I'm doing. Uh, it can be sort of not too good sometimes. But on the other hand, why, you know, I mean, talk shoes cheap or it's free. You know, I have, what, oh, about 600 shows. Uh, it's just, you know, I like the chat room, but sometimes talk shoe is, you know, rather low, you know, rather low tech, rather low quality. But if you want to re-engineer the show using WavePad, you can make it high quality. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that makes anyway, sense. I I uh, have a show. I have a show Sunday nights and Thursday nights, and sometimes I have a special show every so often. And then I have another show, which is about understanding Chris and Dandy. Anyway, I'll let you go, Apoc. I'm glad that you called in. Alrighty, thank you. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. All righty. This is Pastor Mark Linstead. Uh, pretty well, this show has been going on for not quite five hours. It's about to terminate in any case. So I got my monologue. I got a rather goofy bastard to call in. Uh, you know, uh, the Bill Wagner crew, fine by me. And then we had APOC. I'm glad that I could... Uh, so we talk to APOC here. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and call it a night. I'm going to go ahead and say, Hail Victory. May Yahweh bless. And good night. Mm-hmm.
White men clad in black are we, high, high, oh, and we'll stamp out dogs here under high, White men go, revolt, ho, on the city roof, let the red cock grow. White men go, civil war, ho, on the corn I walk, let red blood flow. When Adam Dilled and Eve defend, Kirillay Ice, all who was them the ruling man, Kirillayite. White men go, revolt ho, on the city roof, let the red cock grow. White men go, civil war ho, on the corner of let red blood flow. White men, their rifles shoot, the Jews are laid low. On saws wing next week, some bar food to stamp about Gasso. White men go, revolt ho, on the city roof, let the red cock grow. White men go, civil war ho, on the court of logs, let red blood flow. The regime must only love his great high-yo-ho. The love of God our only need, high-yo-ho. White men go, revolt ho, on the city roof, let the red cock grow. White men go, civil war ho, on the corner of let red blood flow. We'll conquer for our causes right, high-yo-ho. Our sons won't have to go and fight. I hope. White men go, we vote ho. On the city roof, let the red cock grow. White men go, civil war ho. On the corner of let red blood flow. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.